Are you so desperate to fight criminals that you lock yourself in to take them one at a time? Actually, there were seven of them. I counted six, Mr. Wayne. How do you... How do you know my name? The world is too small for someone like Bruce Wayne to disappear, no matter how deep he chooses to sink. Who are you? My name is merely Ducard, but I speak for Raz Al Ghul, a man greatly feared by the criminal underworld, a man who can offer you a path. What makes you think I need a path? Someone like you is only here by choice. You have been exploring the criminal fraternity, but whatever your original intentions, you have become truly lost. And what path can Raz Al Ghul offer? The path of a man who shares his hatred of evil and wishes to serve true justice. The path of the League of Shadows. Ah, you vigilantes. No, no, no. A vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification. He can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make more of yourself than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Which is? Legend, Mr. Wayne. After the sudden and violent assassination of his parents' killer, Bruce Wayne disappears to the corners of the globe, looking to fight injustice with the help from the League of Shadows. Seven years later, the prodigal son returns, and with the help of Alfred and Lucius Fox, Batman is born. Welcome to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we learn that it's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you, as we cover 2005's Batman Begins, directed by Christopher Nolan. Welcome back, man. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is Midnight Double Feature. This is a feature presentation episode. This is our first feature presentation episode of 2020. We're starting off big, aren't we? No, 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 Batman! Jeepers Creepers. That's not a Batman thing. Fuck. The first thing I started, uh, like, I couldn't even think of the original Batman. All I thought was, that's like all I could fucking think of. Dude, did you hear? Okay, just quickly. We, we've already gone off a tangent, by the way. Danny Elfman is going to be playing at Coachella. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, he was in a bunch of bands. He was in like, like Oingo Bongo and like a bunch of a bunch of bands uh, back in the day. Yeah. He, I mean, it, I heard he actually had to stop uh, playing music live so much because he started losing his hearing and he was like, fuck that. You know, that's his livelihood. I don't blame him, but uh, I, I hope I hope not. I hope he's you know doing fine. Holy shit, I, I didn't have any idea of that, by the way. By the way, this is a great start to our Batman right. Begins episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, like I said, thank you so much for joining us on this feature presentation episode. We're going to be covering Christopher Nolan's 2005 Batman Begins. Man, this is going to be an intimidating one. Uh, every time we cover a Christopher Nolan film, this is our second one after The Prestige, uh, it's it's always intimidating because, I mean, look, man, he's, he's one of the greatest directors of all time. Like, I mean, come on, give us a break here. Again, 
feature presentation. We're going to be going through it sequentially. We're going to be spoiling this movie. If you haven't seen Batman Begins, I don't know why. Uh, go check <laughs> it out and then come right back. Uh, we're going to be swearing. We're going to be giving our thoughts on Batman, uh, on the franchise as a whole. Uh, it's worth noting that this is our second Batman film. We covered Batman Returns uh, sometime during Christmas last, uh, sorry, two years ago rather now. And yeah. This is the the first uh, our first foray into the modern Batman films um, because you know Batman Returns is the old Tim Burton one, um, but yeah. So spoiler alert and swearing and all that stuff. Uh, and guys, please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Please follow us on our socials. We have the After Party, which is our main group on Facebook. Uh, we have our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature on Facebook. Give that a like. Uh, but the after party is fantastic, man. That's how, that's where our group and community comes together to talk all things movies, not just things all things Batman, but all things movies. Um, and uh, please remember to follow us on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and our Twitter handle is at MDF Pod. So please go ahead and go for gold with those. Those that, that would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to start with this movie. <laughs> uh, this, all right, let's let's give our let's give our opening thoughts. Uh, let's go full on deep into what our knowledge. Because I remember, okay, I don't remember our Batman Returns episode specifically. It was so so long ago, but I, I can't remember. I think we must have we must have given our thoughts on Batman as a whole, right? Like on like what this character means to us. I'm sure we did. So it. If if you if you have those, Colin, uh, go into them a bit a bit relatively briefly. But you know, give me the lowdown. What, what does Batman mean to you? What does Christopher Nolan's Batman mean to you? Hit me. Uh well, yeah, you know this to me. Growing up, uh, you know, a kid who was growing up in the in the early nineties and the mid nineties, uh, you know, obviously the Michael Keaton stuff was just inescapable. That was you know that was Batman for me for a long time, and I can remember being, I think in. Second or third grade when Batman or Batman and Robin came out, I think, you know, and, and obviously I loved those when I was a kid. You know, it's not till you kind of, you know, get a little bit older. You're like, ah, yeah, this isn't as good as I thought. So, you know, I uh, when it came to the Nolan one, I remember at first being a like I remember liking it, but also at the same time being a little bit like this is very different from from what's been from what's been going on so far. You know, this is it, it's it's not it's not bad. I, I just I wasn't really all that you know, sucked into it when it first came out. I thought it was a fine movie. Um, you know, I like Christian Bale as Batman. I like the, you know, they finally, I don't know, Tim Burton did really well with making Gotham a, a kind of character. And I think he does a fantastic job. It's just this big, intimidating, German Gothic looking kind of, uh, kind of city. Um, but it didn't feel like a place that that I could visit, you know, it didn't seem like a real place, you know, whereas this Gotham, I mean, it's basically like Chicago, I think. I think they filmed a lot of this shit, especially Chicago, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Right. Well, and especially the Dark Knight stuff. I mean, all, so much of that was Chicago. And what I remember was, um, you know, I, I can't remember if I went and saw this in theaters or if it came on TV or what. I, I don't remember. I don't think I went and saw it in theaters. Uh, but I remember getting the game, the Batman Begins game, the tie-in game. Um, did you ever play that at all? No, I didn't. I mean, it's it's really it's really nothing great. Um, you know, it's um, I remember playing it, enjoying it and, and having fun with it and, you know, never really talking about it again. I mean, it's no Arkham Knight. I mean, Arkham Knight's replay value is just through the fucking roof. But when I first saw this, I really wasn't just like blown away by it. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I, I thought that I don't know, the, there was something I could see what Christopher Nolan was going for this like 
militia realistic like Batman. And I and I, I really wasn't, you know, I wasn't taken aback by it, but I also wasn't completely sucked into it yet. Um, not until The Dark Knight came out. And I was just like, oh, my God, you know, this is this is incredible because The Dark Knight is just I mean, it's a fucking it's a crime film. It's not even like superhero shit, you know. So when this first came out, I remember, um, you know, I remember the score really well because that was very different. Um, again, uh, Hans Zimmer doing that black op shit that he does um, you know, just just so well. And I, I remember enjoying it. I don't remember when I saw it. And as you, as I get older, I have more appreciation for this one. You know, I think a lot of people flock to The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises, and plenty of people like Batman Begins. But I think it's kind of sometimes given as like this, you know, there were probably a lot of, there's probably a lot of studio stuff going on at the same time. This is a guy who had only directed what one or two films before this. And I don't think, you know, he had ever done anything that was really this big. And I mean, this is Warner brothers, like you no know, ace in the hole, you know, this is really, this is, this is Warner brothers thing that, you know, justice league might bomb, but a fucking Batman movie is going to, it's going to do, you know, it, it's going to do gangbusters at the fucking theater, no matter what. Um, or any Batman game or any, you know, any kind of Batman merchandise. It's it's so funny because when you look at like the Justice League, you know, I like Wonder Woman, I like Superman, blah, 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 but nobody has the clout that Batman does. And even, I mean, and I love Marvel, but I really don't think that any of those characters have the the kind of clout that he does that that, that has surrounded Batman forever. And I, and I think that eventually maybe they might get there. But the guy's just so timeless and, you know, the with the Tim Burton one really breaking the mold on how to do these kind of movies, um, I think that a, a reboot of this was inevitable. Um, you know, I know a lot of people were probably mad about it, you know, like, why are they rebooting Batman? You know, they made four or five of those movies and the last one sucked. And I think that it really, this was necessary. It was a necessary palate cleanser. And it was a really good point to jump, to kind of jumpstart that uh, franchise again. And I think it kind of gave credence to that these characters can be tangible and they can be real world, but they're also going to be kind of like dark and fucked up and they'll have serious problems at the same time. So I think Batman Begins definitely opens up the door for stuff like, um, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Watchmen and stuff like that, letting, you know, having these characters that, that feel real and not part of like that fantasy kind of Batman world that I felt in 89. But I... I I really enjoy it. I, I can't put my finger on the first time that I saw it. Um, you know, obviously I grew up with the Tim Burton stuff, but the Batman animated series was like my jam. You know, I think I I think I probably watched all those. I love Batman Beyond as well. Um, I think that's a really really cool idea for a movie they need to step up and do. Um, I think it was Kevin Smith who was like they should get. Michael Keaton to play old Bruce Wayne and then get, you know, Taron Egerton oh, or whoever, yeah. like some new, some new kid to be Terry McGinnis and then have Batman set in 2030. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking cool. Like, that's badass. I'm totally down for that. Um, so yeah, my Batman has always really been kind of the animated stuff. Cause that's just what was readily available to me, you know, as a kid with only like six TV channels. And I really enjoyed this. But like I said, at first it just didn't suck me in, but you know, it's kind of like as a kid, you know, you know, as as a boy, I love Dark Knight, but as a man, I watch Batman again. So I'm like, that's still really fucking good. You know, you just don't give it as much credit as it should the first time around. But um, obviously, I think it's a great movie, and uh, you know, it spawned, I mean, the best, probably one of the best sequels, if not the best superhero film of all time. No, absolutely. Um, just quickly, where do you rank this 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 movie among the three? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, without a doubt, the Dark Knight's at the top, right? Right. No, it's number three. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> without, without a doubt, it's definitely the number one, but I, I really like Dark Knight Rises. Uh, the choreography is dog shit in that movie. It's fucking yes. awful compared to Thank watching you. like, 
I watched the fuck out of it in this one because I was like, Christopher Nolan, man, like that choreography was just awful. Um, even when you're watching Bane and Batman fight on the steps, and I love the choreography between Bale and Hardy, but when you're watching the extras around the them, background. I'm like, dude, this yeah. looks like demo fighting. Like, what is going on? Like, nothing, like, all these people are moving slow. Like, no, I, I don't know. It's just really bad. Um, I think as a film, it's probably better than Dark Knight Rises, but considering the fact that they were probably going to bring Heath Ledger back again and they kind of had to make something up on the fly, I think they did as best as they could to wrap up that trilogy. Um, but I mean, as far as a personally, I like Rises better, but you have to I have to admit that Begins is probably a better film. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same page. Uh, Dark Knight, without a doubt, number one, and then Batman Begins, and then Dark Knight Rises. I mean, and I don't want to take anything away from Dark Knight Rises, man. I mean, Tom Hart, Tom Hardy's a fucking powerhouse in that film, but there are some like story cho- story choices in that movie. Um, you know, specifically around Talia Al Ghul that I'm not really not really happy with. Um, and, and you know, that movie that movie's so amazingly well shot, dude. Like it's insane. Like because that's when. You know, Nolan is a big, you know, IMAX guy. Like, he loves to push the IMAX format, and you can totally see that in the opening scene as well. Um, but, yeah, that movie's fucking awesome. But, yeah, man, turning back to this movie, <laughs> um, this this movie, okay, so I was 12 when this first came out, right? So 2005, I'm 12 years old, and I hated this movie as a 12-year-old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I hated it because, I mean, look, thinking about it, right? Like, I mean, you know, the first, you know, I'm a 90s kid as well, right? Born in 93. And I'm, I'm growing up with Batman 89, Batman Returns. Those two less so, very sadly less so, because my Batman was Batman forever. <laughs> oh, God. I know. But as a kid, you're kind of into it, you know? Like, as a kid, you don't really know what's bad and what's good. You don't know... You don't know what camp is, right? Like you don't have right. like a a true north, right? So to speak, you don't have a a direction. Um, you you're kind of like just just loving whatever's happening on screen and being like, ah, give me more, like that right, shit. Right, right, right. Um, and and you know, Batman, Batman and Robin. I remember as a kid, I didn't like. I was like, this is a little little silly. Uh, but man, Batman begin. Uh, Batman Forever was my thing. I mean, Val Kilmer was. To me, I, I thought he was a good Batman. I thought he was a great Bruce Wayne. Um, and, and, you know, Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. That was the first time I'd ever seen Tommy Lee Jones in something. Um, and Jim Carrey was a staple as, in my childhood. So, you know, seeing him as as, some, as a villain in a Batman film just, just made it for me. And if you look at the aesthetic and structure of that film, it's all exciting. It's, you know, it's full of color and wonder. You know, things that absolutely shouldn't be in a Batman film. <laughs> and, you know, cut to 2005 and we have Christopher Nolan, right? Like, I mean, at the time I didn't know Christopher Nolan was this crazy auteur filmmaker. Like, this is, I'm watching this movie. We had rented it. Didn't, didn't watch it in the cinema. We had rented it. And I watched it and I'm like, I am bored. I am actually bored as a 12-year-old watching this movie because everything is... Hyper realistic, right? You know, every this 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 is a movie that could take place in our world. Um, there has to be a reason for everything to take place, right? You know, we have to give we we have to give a reason for the functionality of the suit. We have to give a reason for the functionality of the tumbler of the Batmobile, rather. We have to give it uh, weight, right? We have to give it a, a reason why it exists. Whereas, you know, Batman Forever is like no. Bruce Wayne is this rich, rich asshole who who can afford all this shit, all these gadgets, and just goes out and fights crime, uh, so to speak. 
Right. Well, and and not to jump, not to cut you off, but this was no, this. I mean, when you're looking at '89 Batman or Forever Batman and Robin or Batman Returns, you know, we're only really seeing showing glimpses of Batman's like origin in the first one. Where right. it's very, very, very quick. I mean, this has a whole like beeline running through it of Bruce as a kid. So it it you know I I heard that. No one was able to sell him on this because, you know, Batman doesn't suit up till like an hour into the fucking movie. Um, he doesn't really you don't really get the I'm Batman reveals like an hour into this. And he sold them saying exactly that, Well, he was telling them he was like, you know, Christopher Reeves technically didn't don the Superman suit and Richard Donner, you know, until an hour into the movie, which is not true. Like in the first 15 minutes, you see him in the suit, but you don't really see him like become Superman until like halfway into it. It takes a little bit longer. So he knew that he was kind of bullshitting them, but like they bought it. And that was a, that's what gave them time to, to kind of do all this stuff and, and do the setup. And ultimately, for something that's a trilogy, it makes sense. You know, if this were just a one and done, then I'd be like, yeah, it, does, it kind of did seem like they're trying to cram everything in there because it's a trilogy. It's it's fine. Right, exactly. And look, I mean, look at Batman 89, right? Like, Batman is right there, right from the rip, right? Like, literally the first scene, he's in his costume, full reveal. Um, whereas this is this this is much more of a slow burn. I mean... You know, looking back at it now as a twenty at a twenty six year old, it's not really a slow burn. This is actually a great fucking film <laughs> in its own right. Um, I I remember as a kid having problems with the pacing, but not not at all this time around, man. Like, this is a movie that I return to a lot, lot more than The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, The Dark Knight, I can quote you word for word. I that that was my favorite movie for a very very long time. Um, but yeah, this this movie's fantastic, dude. Uh, Christopher Nolan. This is my first introduction to Christopher Nolan, obviously, um, and you know, kind of become a bit of a Nolan aficionado. Man, I love that guy. Uh, if you if you want to think if you want to see what I think of Christopher Nolan, just go back and listen to my best movie of the decade. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I don't want, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, uh, fucking great movie. But um, yeah, this this movie. Oh, man, what what else can I say? Hans Zimmer, like fuck, dude. This this soundtrack, you know, paired with the the Dark Knight soundtrack and the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack is just absolutely killing it. And I don't want to go past James Newton Howard because it was both of them in this initial film, and then mm. you know the last two films end up being just Hans Zimmer. I don't know why. Actually, I have no idea why. But these two, those two, you know, pretty iconic composers worked on this one. Um, this this is this is filmed by a, a cinematographer that Nolan used to use quite often. Um, don't laugh, don't be a child and laugh at the name. His name is Wally Fister, with a P. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now he works with Hoyt Van Hoytema. Um, but yeah, this is okay. Let's let's talk about Bale, right? Where does Bale fit in for you in terms of Batman and Bruce Wayne? Um, you know, I think he is. Um I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I like him more. I like him more than Kilmer. I like him more than Clooney. It really, to me, it always ends up becoming: is it Keaton? Is it is it Affleck or is it Bale? And you know, I think Aff, I think now, Affleck are you talking, should be. Are you talking in regards to Bruce Wayne or Batman? Because those are two think, different. Right. No, I think I think both of them for all three. Like okay. I think. Right. Right. You know, I I don't really. I think you know George Clooney. All of them just kind of. It's not to me. A lot of people are like, you know, it's not so much the Batman you got to get right; it's the Bruce Wayne part. And, and yeah, that's true. But I also feel like the Batman part would be much harder for me to do. Like, like playing the regular human guy who has to put on a facade sometimes and wears a mask and blah blah. Like, 
that to me that would not seem as difficult but doing doing the batman part would be a lot because that's what the majority of what you're going to be doing is the batman part now i love i i think honorable mention is keaton because keaton is just so different um he's not the i mean look at Val Kilmer, look at George Clooney, look at Christian Bale, look at Ben Affleck and look how, you know, or Adam West, you know, and, and look how handsome and tall and just very superhero like they look. And Keaton's not that. And that's that's kind of what I love about it is he is like he's a great fighter, but he's not this he's not a supermodel at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense to me. You know, and I was like, oh, OK, cool. I really did that in his quirkiness. I love Michael Keaton's quirkiness. I really, really like quirky actors like that. But, you know. I actually really like uh, Ben Affleck's as well. Um, so it's it's kind of hard for me to put a number one on there. You know, I, I like I like the, you know, Ben Affleck is like the brawler boxy type. And I like that. I, I like that kind of fighting style that he has of just this, you know, Hulk smash kind of Batman, you know, and I really, really dig that. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know, Bale, it's just he's so good when he has to be Bruce Wayne. He's like. I don't know. He's almost like a caricature of a rich, like douchebag, like James Bottom Tooth the Fourth. Like, you know, like he he almost is like the caricature version of that. But when he becomes Batman, the voice, fuck the fucking voice, dude. Ditch that shit, man. That's so stupid. Oh my like, god! I it just is like not great. It's you, it's less so. You came, like, and you gave this city a reason to fight. You gave, and it's like, dude, this is so fucking stupid. Versus, oh my god, dude, uh, swear to me, uh, dude. Yeah, look, it's not as bad in this movie though. Like, it's that really might not be the worst part. Like the swear to me part might be the worst part. The funniest part about it is in Dark Knight Rises when they're like, "Yeah, you're Bruce Wayne," and he's like, "What? I'm not," you know, and he's still doing the voice. I'm like, dude, just yeah. drop the voice. Like they know who you are. But you know, I, I. But then you turn around and then we do Batfleck, and Batfleck has that digital voice changer. I fucking love it. I think that's great. I love like the digital kind of like great. the yeah. dude. It's I don't know why it took them so long to a get a fucking Batman neck that would move, and then b have a digital voice changer. You have everything else perfected in this. Like, and they said that Christian Bale doing that voice was part of something that uh, this was Nolan saying this. He's like, he came in and he brought that voice, and that was something that set him apart from uh, the auditions. Um, so, I mean, getting back to your question though, like, I think Bale is the best, um, like, Batman per se, but I like Ben Affleck's, like, Bruce Wayne. And that's only having seen him in Batman versus Superman. I haven't seen Justice League. Um, I like his Bruce Wayne just because I like that more damaged, like lethal, paranoid kind of like Bruce Wayne. And, and, and just for the same reasons I like Michael Keaton, it's just, it's just different, you know. So I mean, personally, I probably like Michael Keaton the best as Batman and Christian Bale the best. I'm sorry, Michael Keaton the best as Bruce Wayne and Bale the best as Batman. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I only ask because. I mean, Christian Bale, without a doubt, is my Batman, right? I mean, like, I grew up with him in my teens. So, I mean, like, whatever iteration you get of Batman, this this is the one for me. But that being said, I don't think he's the best of either character. Um, and this is going to sound totally ludicrous, dude, but I think, and not in film, but I think the one that had the most potential, George Clooney would fucking kill it as Bruce Wayne, given a good script. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. kind of, like, got that, that you know, suave, debonair sort of, like, style about him. Um, I'm not saying, like, he'd make a great Batman, but I think, man, I think if you were to plug him into, like, an older, 
like in an older sort of like grizzle role, I think he'd fucking kill it, man. Like the, the guy's got style, which is what I imagine Bruce Wayne has, but he can also be a dick. Um, that being said, I don't think there's been a definitive Batman on screen yet. Like, I, no, I don't, that's fair. You, you know what I mean? Like, if I had to choose one, it would probably be Bale, right? But I don't think there's one who, like, has absolutely blown me away. Um, I don't ever, I haven't really thought that there's been one that's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, so that's Batman. Yeah, that, I mean, like, I mean, come on, without a doubt. Like, you know, there's never been a Robert Downey Jr., 100% full on, you know, on point casting for Batman yet. I don't think so. Do, would the, you agree the- with that? The only one I would say that comes close to me is like perfection. And I mean, he really is Kevin Conroy, but it's just because Kevin Conroy has been Batman and like, you know, so many different types of media. And for so many years, he's I mean, he's definitely the actor to play him the most and for the longest time. Yeah. But he's just got that great Batman boy, you know, and it's 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 fantastic. Um, You know, everything from. You know, something I grew up with watching the animated series, something my nephew plays, which is like Arkham Knight. Um, So I think personally, you know, personally, I would say Kevin Conroy is probably my favorite, but that's probably biased just because like that's just who I grew up with, you know? Yeah, no, I got, I gotcha, hundred percent. I mean, but yeah, in look, in terms of live action, I, I think I, I don't think there's been a, a perfect Batman casting, much like you know Tony Stark for Iron Man. Oh, sorry, I'm Robert Downey for Tony Stark. I don't think there's been that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how Robin Patterson goes, but yeah, Matt Rose is a great director, really keen for that movie, but whatever. Um, all right, man, <laughs> turning back to Batman Begins, holy shit, this intro, dude, I'm so sorry. Um, you were talking about Gotham City. This, this is, out of all three films, this is the best representation of Gotham City, I think. Um, it is the one that le- like least feels like an actual... Like Chicago, <laughs> um, you know, every time we get an overhead shot of the Narrows, um, like that is not, I don't think that's Chicago. Like you kind of see that like digital sort of like smoky, you see the steam rising from it, the rain, um, like that looks like poor people Gotham City and that that looks awesome or like awesome to me. Right. Yeah. It, it really looks like, you know, uh, uh, the slums. It really looks like something right. that's lived in. Um, and, you know, I, I actually, I, and I love the... I guess kind of like the production design of the, the narrows. I love the way that that looks, um, that, that, that feels very Arkham Knight to me. That seems like, like yeah. the whole, but when you, when you're shown shots of Gotham and you have the city backdrop and then the narrows, it's kind of like the contrast is ridiculous though. It's insane. Like it yeah. looks so different from the rest of it. And I was like, you know, I get that this is like shanty town, but like, it, where I mean, is it, this? <laughs> right. Everything else looks like, 20 you know 2005 and the rest of this looks like 1948 you know it's like this is so unbelievably stark in contrast so like you know i i dig the production design but maybe just don't show those two things side by side and i wouldn't have probably caught that but you know i I get it though that's the class system that's that's kind of what's being pointed out is the fact that the rich are getting rich and the poor are staying poor and the good people are staying quiet so you know it makes sense no, absolutely. And look, here's another thing that this movie brings up, and I promise this is my last point before we actually get into the movie. Um, this is some. This is one of the first movies that kind of brings up the uh, the mask being a reason. Okay, so he puts on the mask out of trauma and not out of identity. Like, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I was listening to um, the director of, sorry, the showrunner of Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen, Damon Lindelof, talking about this. Um, you know, with it, I'm not going into spoilers about Watchmen, but 
you know, he, he was talking about a, a big part of Watchmen is why we put on the mask, right? Why, why these superheroes put on the mask and, you know, in this 2019 world, why if there was to be a vigilante, why they would put on a mask. Um, whereas, you know, superhero movies in the early 2000s weren't really focused on that. You know, they weren't really, they were more focused on the identity part, you know, like I have to protect my identity or Mary Jane's going to get hurt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I have oh, to yeah. protect my identity. Or, uh, or or Lois Lane's going to get killed, like something like that, you know. Whereas this, whereas Batman, um, and Lindelof specifically points out Batman Begins uh, in the, on on the on the interview that I listened to. He talked about, you know, and, and it's even like reflected in the dialogue because it's it's Michael Caine, it's Alfred who literally says, and oh by the way, I hope that I'm not going to get any blowback from this. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like he's he's kind of being like, oh by the way, in second second to your thought. The reason the reason he puts on the mask is to be a symbol and to to strike fear in the heart of his enemies. Um, but not only that, it it shows just how psychologically damaged Batman is or Bruce Wayne is rather. Like his his like all this all this traumatic uh, traumatic memories is stemming from one specific incident, and that's the death of his parents. Um, and I just love that this is the kind of movie to delve into that. And I love like that that's pretty much coming from Nolan. That is such a Nolan thing to do to like get to the heart of like a character like this, to see why they become the way that, that they are. Um, and yeah, I just, I kind of want to point that out, man. Like I, I love that this movie takes great points to point out that, sorry, takes great pains to point out that uh, he puts on the mask out of trauma and less about identity. I really appreciated that. But anyway, man, right. holy fuck. Well, no, sorry. Well, I was, yeah, last thing is, you know, it reminds me of Rorschach from Watchmen. Is it Rorschach literally calls that? That's my face. Like, that's my identity. Right. Like, the, th- the thing that I am is, like, my my day-to-day self is kind of, and that's the same thing with Bruce Wayne. You know, there's been plenty of stories where it's like Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is who you really are because it's the idealized version of yourself. It's the version that always wins the fights, who's bigger than life and who doesn't have to pay taxes and make up the bed and, you know, you know, do, do the normal day-to-day stuff like Batman. Like you become not only is your legacy there and it lasts forever and ever and ever. Amen. But you, you know, that, that will that person, that side of you is the side that people want portrayed. It's almost like, you know, the side of people in real life versus them on like social media in a weird way. Like, it's like, this is the idealized version of yourself versus like, you know, I, I, let me see a picture of you when you're like on the couch in your underwear, eating a sleeve of crackers, you know, no, you ain't going to, you're not, you're never going to post it like that. You know, it's kind of like the, I don't know. I like the idea of the I- idealized version of yourself being the, the, the thing, because the, what you are right now doesn't make any sense. So you latch your identity onto this thing. And I was like, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And I, and I fucking love it, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to add that on, uh, add that onto there. No, no, absolutely, dude. And guys, by the way, if you guys didn't think we were going to do a 30 minute intro for Batman Begins directed by Christopher Nolan, you're fucking re- retarded. <laughs> oh, and fuck, <laughs> fuck, uh, fuck Katie Holmes. Anyway, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. fuck Katie Holmes. Yeah. No, she actually, feels you know like what? a studio note. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, she does because here's the, here's the thing. And hear me out. I'm not saying that, like, no, you she's know what? Re- There's a few studio notes in this we'll get into, but yeah, go on. Right. She doesn't, she doesn't come across as like terrible you know i I like maggie gyllenhaal more just because i like maggie gyllenhaal more as an actress um you know katie katie holmes i mean she is okay you know she they don't really give her a shit ton to do it she has some agency but there is a lot of damsel in distress stuff um she's also a downer dude like she's always killing the fun 
Right. Yeah. There. Well. Yeah. That too. There is kind of like this whole like ah, here comes the law. Great. Uh, no. But <laughs> the um, it, it would not strike me at all. Here's what you have: almost an entirely British cast, and then this one yes. American in the middle of it. And it feels like somebody saying, "You're Christopher Nolan. Nobody in America knows who the fuck you are." Let's put a huge star in here right now, preferably, you know, an attractive woman, because that's going to get some asses and some seats. And then, you know, that'll that'll really, really help. And I mean, everybody, I mean, Killian Murphy, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, you know, um, Liam Neeson. I don't think Liam Neeson is English. I think he's like Scottish. But either way, I think he's Irish. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right. I fucking art. It's like R and B and hip hop. It's the same difference. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can say that. I can say that they all, all right. look alike because I fucking right, look right. like that. So, yeah, this is when uh, Katie Holmes is being impregnated by Xenu, <laughs> the Scientology <laughs> god. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess she had a little bit of clout, but, um, you know, what can you do? She's... I'm not, I'm not gay. I love Katie Holmes. I love Katie Holmes. I'm not gay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, let's just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to get right into this, man. What do you say we get into this bitch, Colin? All right, let's do it. Fuck yeah. All right. So we open with this, uh, we, we see these two kids, uh, eight-year-old childhood friends, Bruce Wayne, obviously, and Rachel Dawes. They're playing a game of finders keepers in a Victorian greenhouse outside Wayne Manor. Uh, and the young boy falls into a well shaft. He screams and he's swarmed by bats. Uh, you know, whatever. Right? It's the, it's the origin story. <laughs> like, I mean, how, like me just saying this sounds stupid because everyone knows this story by now, right? Like, we've seen it play out on screen so many times. Yeah, well, and I love actually that that Snyder does this at the beginning of Batman versus Superman, and it's like, oh, oh whatever. Fuck and then, sake. But, but then as it's happening, you have this weird, like... It takes a total twist, and it's him like floating up to the top of the well. And I was like, okay, that's fucking cool. I like that because it wasn't what we were expecting. But this is just kind of like, you know, but, you know, part of me is like, does my 2005 brain think that, or does my 2020 brain th- sit right. there and think, like, oh, yeah, this thing? When really this was the first movie to, like, I mean, sh- like, well, this isn't Batman whole Forever. Scenes to it. Like, we, we knew this. Like, Batman Forever told us this literally, like, we get a flashback as he's telling Nicole Kidman uh, his story. Right, but I but and I and I know we've seen it like in glimpses of those, but I feel like this is the first time that we're devoting this much time to oh, it. Oh, absolutely, know? yeah, no, abs- absolutely, one hundred percent. But it's not it's not just this, you know, this moment that you know. <laughs> it's funny now thinking back at it. As a twelve year old, I thought that this was the moment that made him Batman. But you know, as this movie plays out, you'll see that it's just this is just one single part of it that makes him Batman, right? Like, this is probably the least amount of stuff that makes him Batman. Well, yeah, it comes across as, you know, a... It's the motive. It's the motivation, but it's not like the... And he's got the means, and he's got the... He's got the... I don't know. I wouldn't even say the motivation. It's the experience of knowing what it feels like to be this person and never wanting that to happen to anybody again. But the motivation of 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 staying in it and to keep doing it is not just because you're, you know your parents are can only you know parents are dead. They're fucking dead, man. Like get over it at some point. But I think at some point. I don't know. And I feel like there's even comic books about that where it's like, you know, this is not even really about my parents being dead anymore. This is just about this is my city and like I help people. And maybe that's what got me into this, but it's not the reason I'm staying, you know? Mm, no, I'm with you. Uh, we meet, we meet up with uh, an older Bruce Wayne in Bataan in this prison and he's, uh, he gets into a bit of a scrap. Uh, <laughs> I do like the, the lines here, right? Like, uh, you know, they're going to fight you again until they kill you. Can they kill me before breakfast? <laughs> yeah. 
And then, you know, they throw him in solitary. Why? For protection. I don't need protection. Protection from them. <laughs> for them, sorry, rather. Yeah, great. Uh, great fight. I love just him smashing through the bar and dragging all those dudes down with him. I was like, cool, I dig that. Well, um, here's another thing, ahead. right? Let, let's talk about this. This is... Okay, so Tim Burton and Michael Sh- Michael Schumacher, <laughs> Joel Schumacher, <laughs> fucking race car driver. Uh, yeah, Joel Schumacher mostly shot on studios. Like they they rarely would get out and shoot in fucking where is this Nepal? Like you know what I mean? Like they'd get rarely you rarely you would see a set like this or like an actual specific location. You wouldn't see the mud flinging around like this. Like you know what I mean? So it's even already this is a a unique Batman film if you're watching it in 2005. Right, he feels bigger than Gotham. This feels like a, a man who comes to Gotham dressed like this surely has been around has been around the block has been around the globe and has seen some shit so it it makes sense to me i was immediately like okay so this is a very cultured like kind of batman you know i I dig that for sure um so it's thrown into solitary and we meet henry Descartes, played by liam neeson and man if i'm spending time in a jail cell with uh liam neeson i better hope i'm not black oh yeah (laughs) dude that shit was fucking nuts man those black bastards yeah. Jesus, dude, that shit was fucking crazy. And, it, you know, it wasn't like somebody had to dig that up on him. He just, like, talked about it on a show. And I was like, oh, my fucking he God, what are you doing? He kept on yeah, making like, worse. What are you doing, man? <laughs> like, oh, shut up. Seriously. Like, I was like, Liam Neeson, I've always liked you. <laughs> I have always. You've never given me a reason to not like you. But, uh, yeah, that was that was weird. I mean, the only thing I'll say is it, it takes balls to admit that and admit that you were that fucked up of a person, but still, like, maybe that's just, you know, some shit the public doesn't really need to know about you. Like, if you were going through some shit TMI. at the time. TMI. Right, yeah. It's like, do I think you think that now? No. But maybe keep that to your, it's just not a pot we're stirring right now. If that's not the case anymore, which I hope it's not, but if that's not the case anymore, don't stir that pot, you know? Right. I think it's, uh, if you go back and listen to it or, like, rather read about it, it's more about, the, like... His 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 meaning behind it was well intentioned. It's more about the way he came across. Um, but yeah, read into it again. Like his 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 meaning, he is well intentioned. Like he's yeah, he's coming from a, a a genuine place. It's just yeah, I don't know if this is uh, <laughs> if you needed to say this. Um, but yeah, he's a mysterious spoke per- spokesperson for Ra's al Ghul, uh, pointed out by our good friend Jose Rivera in the comics. He's well, in the cartoons rather. He's supposed to be pronounced Raish al Ghul. Um, right. This is something that comes up in the games as well, right? I believe from memory, I think it was Arkham City. They pronounce uh, pronounce his name as Raish. Right, yeah, from from what I remember, because I remember it being kind of a mouthful when I was a kid. It's like Race Race al Ghul. I, I, I can I can never quite get it down. Yeah. But Ra's al Ghul, uh, Henry Descartes says, a man greatly feared by the criminal underworld, a man who can offer you a path, the path of the League of Shadows. And as a kid, I'm like, ooh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Wayne's released the next day, has instructed, and he picks up uh, he picks up the rare blue poppy flower that grew on the eastern slopes of the Himalayan foothills, carries it to the top of the jagged and icy mountain and into a bleak monastery. Um, again, these these visuals are just fucking beautiful, dude. Like, That's digital. The, when you see the outside of it, that is digital. And I was like, that, I mean, 
looks amazing. That looks incredible as a digital set. And at first I thought miniatures maybe, but like when I started reading about it online, apparently the outside like of their compound, for lack of a better word, is completely digital. And I was like, that looks great. Like the Barons looks like dog shit compared to this. Like this looks fantastic on the outside. Great visuals. Daenerys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking fucking yep. it, the Barons. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I think you're confusing your franchises here, man. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, yeah, like I, I did. Okay, so watching it this time around, I had a I had an inkling that it might have been digital because like the way it blows up later, it looks, it looks a little weird, like the way it blows up. Um, like it doesn't, I mean, I don't know, you know, our eyes, our eyes are trained to like spot things like that. So uh, maybe I just, I just picked up on it and uh <laughs> you want to hear so now that i'm talking about the it all i can think of is at the end when they show the joker card and it's pennywise <laughs> <laughs> i look into it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not fucking heath ledger at all it's bill Skarsgård. like oh that's so fucking funny like batman was found with half his face eaten off from a water tower and <laughs> i want to see that movie i want to see Dude, that movie th- that would be fucking cool man she, i mean I, yeah we'll, we'll get into that but oh my god that's that's all all i can think of about was Batman trying to fight Pennywise and just screaming, <laughs> running down the street, like, help me! Fucking help oh, me! fuck, dude. Oh. <laughs> and he does that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's fucking good. But anyway, uh, he's greeted in the Great Hall by a robe figure on the throne calling himself Ra's al Ghul, right? And this is, you know, come to find out that this is kind of a decoy. This guy is played by Ken Watanabe, who is fucking awesome, dude. Um, he's a he's a Nolan regular. He was also an in Inception. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Ken Watanabe. He's, he's really good. Oh, for sure, dude. Godzilla, let them fight. Yeah. Gotham is his sickness and must be destroyed. Must, like, oh, must fucking be destroyed. Yeah. I fucking love it, man. His diction's just great. Oh my god, dude. The way he spits out his dialogue sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> what are you seeking? <laughs> well, and the fact that he speaks English the whole time and he is just like quiet, like at first you're like, oh, this dude doesn't even speak English. And then he just kind of like the reveal of him being like, you know, a fucking Raza Ghoul, bitch, you know, and like not, it's almost like not until the end does he feel like, you know, you've earned my respect to speak in your native tongue, like kind of thing, like mm. until you're ready. This you're just you're just a minion. Like there's a buffer between us, and it's too hard. But then once you figure out what's exactly what's going on, it kind of makes sense. Absolutely. And I got a question for you, right? So is Batman has? Do you know of any iteration of Batman where his fighting style or or anything like that comes from ninjutsu training? Um, actually, or, I mean, or is I this an addition? Well, I remember having a, a a book as a kid in like first, second, third grade, and it was just kind of like, oh, the story of Batman and. It's his parents getting killed, and it shows, like, the bat flying into the lab in the middle of the night, and it shows him, like, learning martial arts, but not, like, you know, traveling the seven seas to, you know, learn every type of martial arts there is, you know, it was just like, it was a kid's book, and it was him in, like, a white, you know, uh, I don't know what their uniforms are called, but, you know, it's just him learning martial arts, and I was like, oh, okay, that's about the extent. I knew that Batman had learned multiple martial arts, but not until this one was it, like, how extensive all that shit was. Yeah, okay. Well, I I never, that that was completely new, a new element to me. Like, I didn't know that at all. Uh, But yeah, so Wayne tells Descartes, I'm seeking a means to fight injustice, and uh, he, Descartes tells him to master his own fear as Descartes begins his training and mentoring of Wayne. Um, essentially Liam Neeson trains Anakin Skywalker and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah I kind of thought about that. Yeah. 
then okay, so the first half of this movie, in terms of structure, is a little little difficult to pin down. So we we keep going back and forth between you know young Bruce and then current Bruce, and then we even get like kind of like a teen Bruce as well. So I'm gonna try and keep this as sequential as possible. So <clears throat> the film. The film goes back to Wayne's childhood again after the fall into the well. Um, we see that he's suffering from injuries and a newfound fear of bats. The young boy is joined by his parents, philanthropist Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne, uh, and they go for a ride on this elevated monorail, right, into Gotham City. Like, these fucking people ever have to oh, ride that shit. It cracked me up. And I was just like, what the fuck? There's no way you know that she would go to get on that monorail. Like, Thomas. Thomas, I am not fucking. I don't care how old Bruce is. I'm not can fucking. Can you get getting Alfred on. to drive us? Fuck. Do you not hear my fucking voice of how fucking mad I am right now? Like, I, am, I could just. I am not going to spend my time with those unwashed masses. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good American accent. I got to say, that's actually pretty good. Um, no, it it just it it made me laugh so fucking hard. You know, you see cool people like Keanu Reeves on the subway, you know, but like. I don't give a fuck. I'm not Keanu Reeves, and I would never write on this piece of shit. <laughs> like, there's no fucking way. Well, you're actually, like- it's it's funny because like when we see it in this flashback, it's all brands backing near, right? Like, it's not the piece of shit that it eventually becomes. Right. Yeah, the one it eventually becomes, you're gonna get raped by old Rusty McStab. Like, you're gonna get you're gonna get <laughs> fucked up on this thing. And I'm like, no, man. Like, this looks like like this this. Gotham is like borderline like the city from the crow you know it's like almost becoming this like like god awful place and like the bear um, sorry the narrows and stuff like that um but yeah that part just made me laugh my ass off like the fact that they take public transportation I was like no fucking way like (laughs) well dude you know what like and watching in hindsight after having seen Joker and you know no spoilers for Joker or anything those two movies complement each other very well like Batman Begins yeah. and Joker like it's interesting to see you know to see this young Bruce Wayne talking to his father about the about the monorail system and all that stuff and you know how he how he managed to come by and build this but Thomas Wayne says and you know if you look at this Thomas Wayne in the world of the Joker Thomas Wayne he says Gotham's been good to us right like it, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you read this movie in between the lines then you kind of get where the Thomas Wayne from Joker is coming from, right? Like, it's kind of like leaving out that dark, sort of like oppressed, you know, rich family. We built all this on the back of the poor kind of situation. Right, yeah. This this seems like just that we built this for them, not because of them, like right. kind of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. Um, but yeah, they're on their way to see a production of, and I'm going to butcher this name, Mephistophele. Um, this is the opera. <laughs> this is the opera. It includes a dark screeching bird on wires resembling bats. Okay, Nolan, look, I, I see what you're doing here. You did not need to change this from Zorro because in every iteration, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Zorro. Like, I don't, I don't need this. I'm sorry, Nolan. I, I love you, but you are so heavy handed sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's scared. Sorry, Bruce is scared by the side and he urges his family to leave early. In an alleyway outside, a robber named Joe Chill. Emerges from the shadows, demanding jewelry and cash, then shoots both of his parents in cold blood before fleeing. Damn! Boom. Suck <laughs> <laughs> like shit, man. <laughs> um, Maybe should have had a better healthcare system. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I don't think 
In previous iterations of Batman, I don't think that it's actually Bruce's fault. I don't I don't um, think that it's actually him wanting yeah. to leave, right? Like I, I think the the reason that Nolan changed the uh the 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 opera, like what 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 they're actually saying to this bat like imagery is to spur young Bruce into getting his parents to leave, right? I think that's what's happening here because from memory it's 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 they've just left the opera. It's not physically because of Bruce's um you know, on, on Bruce's word. Right, the guilt is not there. Um, no, I dig it. It's fine. I mean, it's not. It's not a huge deal to me. Uh, but it, logically, it makes sense. You know, it, it it for just a small change to add so much character to Bruce of the guilt over it. I dig it. I dig it too. Yeah. No, you know what, Nolan? I'm fine with the the bad stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, thank you. I definitely needed your fucking opinion. <laughs> I will say, you know, I don't, I don't mind this, but I, I actually love the way Snyder does that. The way the with the oh, the, the beads montage? getting, yeah, yeah, like her necklace getting caught on the gun and like the point blank in her face, like holy shit! Like off screen, knowing what kind of damage that did to her, you're like, oh my fucking god, this kid just watched that and. Um, I heard that a lot of people are like, you know, he just put Jeffrey Dean Morgan in there because they want Jeffrey Dean Morgan right. to be like Jeff. He was almost Batman at one point. Yeah. Um. But now everybody wants him to be the Thomas Wayne Flashpoint Batman, and it's amazing. That is that I think is the RDJ Batman casting we need. Is like if you have you have you checked out Flashpoint at all? Like you know, I know about what it's it. About. Where, I, I definitely know okay. what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Thomas Wayne version, and he is. I mean, he would be perfect for it. You know, that's all I'll say. See, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I mean, look, every time I see him in something, all I think of is him as the dad from Supernatural, right? Like, in, like the way nah. he talks in Supernatural, you know, me and my brother make fun of it so much. Like, they have the cult and, like, every, like, it seems like he's like, oh, we got the cult. <sighs> like, he always takes a breath after he says something, like, you know, <sighs> like that shit. You know, I'm just like, that gets fucking annoying. I did not know that he wore like prosthetics in Watchmen to make him bigger. Like he didn't really hit the gym and shit. Like that's kind of like a suit. And oh. I was like, really? And I didn't know that. And we covered Watchmen ages ago, and I had no idea. I saw it on a Watch Mojo thing, and there's there's like video of him getting in the suit because they just didn't think he was quite big enough. And I was like, damn, and he just didn't have enough time to go pack the muscle on and shit. I was like, yeah, but still, like God, that is, I mean, it looks so good. Here it is, ten years later. I didn't fucking know that. Hey, tell me more about Watch Mojo. What is it? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but you know what, dude? I've been thinking a lot about Watchmen 2. We need to cover that movie again. <laughs> we need to recover yeah, right. that movie. Just do man. it again. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, before his father dies, he says, don't be afraid. Um, and, you know, the, although the criminal, although Joe Chill is caught, uh, Bruce Wayne blames himself for their death, right? Telling Arthur, sorry, Alfred. Uh, what the fuck? Arthur. Telling Alfred. If I hadn't got it scared, right? Roar, well, yeah. And I also don't want to go past the the always and amazing and one of my favorite actors, fucking Rucker Hauer. Um, oh, as, uh, who is Mr. I can't remember the characters. Is it like Mr. Clark or something? Like, Earl. I, I can't, Earl, Earl. That's what it is. Um, I love Rutger Hauer and I, Has I like him. Has he been introduced in this, yet in the, in the movie? Yeah, he's at the funeral, and oh, he comes okay. up, and he right, goes, we'll right, be right. watching The Empire for you, blah, blah, um, I like him, but this whole thing with, like, Mr. Earl just kind of doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, why is why do they fire him? Like, why is he so mischievous and stuff? Like, part of it just kind of like, okay, like, I didn't really need any of it, any of it with Mr. with with Earl. You know, I just did not need it. If he, if he was going to be, like, a bad guy, I could have I used it, like, 
I don't know. I could see him being a little bit more evil, but I'm just, I, you know, we'll say we'll put a pin in that for now. But I don't need all this shit with Earl. I love Rutger Hauer. God, God rest his soul. But I just don't need it. No, I don't need it either. I think it's. I think they just kind of needed some, some, something for Lucius's Lucius's character to push back on. Like they needed kind of like a little B plot, maybe. I don't know. No, yeah, it makes sense. So back at the monastery, the older Wayne talks to Descartes. My anger outweighs my guilt. Right. He begins his uh, ninja warrior and vigilante training with uh, with the League of Shadows group. Uh, they learn about swordplay, weapons, methods of deception, and theatricality to fight criminality. Um, and the League claims to be centuries old, right? Dedicated to eliminate decadence and corruption. Um, this is... We'll just talk about this because, like, you know, there's a montage here. I love these shots of them fighting on the ice. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, I think, awesome. I think I I think it's really cool and it... it um I, I like the, um, not to jump too far ahead, but when he's like, you know, rub your chest, your arms will warm themselves. Um, I think it might have been, is it David S. Goyer or it might have been Christopher Nolan? Who, whoever, Right. Well, whoever whoever the fuck put that line in there, they were like, oh, yeah, that's not medically true. So like, <laughs> I, I wonder how many people actually think that that's a real line. But, um, you know, I like this whole thing. You know, you're, you know, it's your father's fault. You know, he didn't, you know. He didn't have the training that I did. And he's like, that doesn't stop from your ability to act. Your father should have acted. Um, and, you know, there's there's a balance there between, I think, what Thomas did and what Ducard is talking about. Like, obviously, Wayne, you know, Thomas couldn't have stopped uh, an armed man by himself. But at the same time, I can see Ducard's point of like, you know, your father just kind of stood there, blah, blah, blah. But he's, you know, what was he supposed to do? Like, I think on the on the at the surface, you're like, yeah, he should have like taken a swing at him. And it's like, I mean. Why? So Bruce could get shot like, you know, or something awful, something else awful could have happened. Um, so I, I dig this. I dig the kind of um, getting to Bruce on a personal level, you know, letting him know that the and like kind of like the inactions of people sometimes are what lead to the downfall, even though it might not might not necessarily be true. It's just kind of his philosophy of it. Yeah, no, I absolutely appreciate that, man. Let's okay. Let's talk about David Goya really quick, right? So David Goya catches so much shit. Um, <laughs> like he's written a few sinkers, right? I mean, like you know, in addition to the Dark Knight, which is incredible, and Batman Begins, which you, I guess you can argue were also co-written with Christopher Nolan. He did uh, <laughs> Ghost Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, yeah, he did Man of Steel. He did Batman vs Superman. Uh, and he's done a few more. He did fucking Terminator Dark Fate. I mean, god damn it! I actually really like Man of Steel. I I, I like the whole first half hour of that of like the Kryptonian preface. I was like, dude, I fucking love that. Like, I thought I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, it gets a little bonkers later off, on. Yeah. Yeah, like why well, it gets a little bonkers later on when like thirty nine elevens happen to fucking Metropolis, <laughs> and you're like, all right, okay, I'm oh, good. You, you don't want to talk about the scene where they kiss literally on the top of a pile of dead rubble and bodies. Yeah, right. There's just some guy, some guy like <laughs> some guy pulling his daughter's body out of a fucking like taxi that's cut her in half, and they're just like, oh, well, we're safe. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It's no worries, Superman. So I guess you're not going to save me. You just want to hook up with this redhead. No worries. But I mean, it's Amy hey, Adams. So can you blame him? I will say something really quick. Have you ever seen the auditions they did for these? Have you ever watched them? They're on YouTube. Wait, for Batman Begins? Um, yeah. No. It was it was Killian Murphy, um, Christian Bale, and I, I think it's E-I-O-N Bailey. Eon? Ion Bailey? He's on like Mindhunter, and he's in a couple of different shows. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, 
But you can find it on YouTube, and it's Christian Bale in Val Kilmer's suit. And it's him, like, and he's doing, it's an audition, and they're on set, but it's Amy Adams, who is Rachel Dawes. And I guess you were, they thought about maybe casting her at some point, but then they have a couple of different scenes where it's, like, Killian Murphy as Bruce Wayne, and they show this, uh, I guess, Eon Bailey is his name. And, he, I mean, he's terrible. Like, there's no way. He's, like, so, <laughs> and there's, there's no way this guy ever could have been Batman. He's not awful, but there's, no, even Killian Murphy, like, Killian Murphy could have done it, but again, just too small of a guy for me, you know? Like, I just don't see him as Batman. I think he's perfectly cast as Scarecrow. Dude, we can talk about Killian Murphy, man. Like, that guy, that guy just fucking nails this movie. Like, he's, he is a Nolan uh, staple, and, uh, you know, every time he's in anything, he's just so amazing to watch. Have you seen Red Eye? That was my introduction to him. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I yeah, was like, he was great. I was like, man, this guy's creepy. Whoa. And Wes Craven Actually, couldn't no. have chosen, chosen a better actor for that character. Sorry, no, I, I mean, it just hit me. 28 Days Later, that was definitely, I watched that on fucking VHS. You know, oh. I saw Red Eye. I saw Red Eye in the theater in, when I was a teenager. I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, definitely 28 Days Later. Oh, uh, yeah, no, for me, it was definitely Red Eye, dude. Because it was PG-13, right? I mean, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, man, let's let's go back to this. So, um, yeah, so we get another flashback, a 20-year-old college student, uh, Bruce Wayne returns to Wayne Manor from Princeton, right? Classy bitch. And uh, it's his idea, his idea to avenge his parents' death by killing Joe Chill, but obviously you get Rachel Dawes, played by Katie Holmes, uh, telling him otherwise, right? He's scheduled to testify against uh, ex-cellmate Carmine Falcone in exchange for an early parole from his prison sentence. Um. You want to talk about Victor Zaz? You know Victor Zaz, right? Tell me, tell me, you know about? Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool was for such a minor, never been in a film before. I don't even know if he's ever popped up in anything animated. I, I, nothing that I've seen. I don't think um, he's been in anything, dude. Like I, I, I mean, I know, I know of him from um, from Arkham City, right? Because he's right. fucking. Yeah. I mean, that 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 game's got every villain. Um, but yeah, I, I remember like really like looking out for the the cuts on him, and like, and you can definitely see them. They they're hundred percent visible, but they're still like kind of hidden, very very much in kind of like that early two thousands superhero movie kind of way, right? Like, I mean, you know, X Men they had to all wear the black suits to, you know, they couldn't wear the colored shit, um, you know. Whereas you know, Marvel have now blown that shit up, right? Like, we we want to be, we want to get these guys in every costume, in every color. Uh, whereas you know, Nolan's like, I'm making a serious Batman film. Okay, it has to be earnest and it has to be real. Like he's, yeah, right. It, well, it makes sense because it's like you know he's in a fucking jumpsuit. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be draped from head to toe. But yeah. no, I, I I really dug it because I was like, oh, I know that guy. You know, it's like a it's not a not a huge Batman fan. I actually have a coffee table book. It's like the Encyclopedia of Batman, and it's like the essential. I mean, it's fucking like two a two inch thick like book of all of this different shit from like the ages and stuff. It's I think it's a visual history. I think is the name of it. Uh, but he's in there quite a bit. There's actually a cool shot here, dude, like in the courtroom um, when Joe Chill stands up and, you know, it's the judge being like, I understand that we have a member of the Wayne family here today. Does he want to say anything? And I love like that the camera doesn't pan away from Joe Chill. Like you kind of see the yeah. regret in Joe Chill's face. Um, right. And in the background, you just see Wayne stand up and just walk out. It's fantastic. Well, and him being out of focus just show. I think that's awesome symbolism of just like he's not who he wants to be right now. He's just very blurred. Like he feels like this is all happening. Like, yeah, I just, I really dig that. I think there's a lot of good imagery there. Oh, for sure. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's fucking Nolan, dude. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> come on, man. 
Uh, Falcone is played by uh, Tom Wilkinson, putting on a, a, an in, insane American accent. Like I, Wilkinson's a, a fully like British actor, right? Like he's super oh, yeah. British. Um, but th- I, I can't get past this accent. This might be my least favorite accent in the entire movie. And you always fear <laughs> what you don't understand. <laughs> you it's got, like, dude, get yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He like. I he's menacing though. I fucking dig like the <laughs> physical acting, and and I don't m- mind his accent. It it doesn't really, it doesn't really piss me off at all. Especially because later on he's like, "Oh, Doc, help me! The walls are burning." Blah 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 blah. And he's yeah. very like, he's a little bit more down. But I I you know I don't know. I, I dig him though. I, I I think he I think he is intimidating. You know, in, in this, it's intimidating for someone who doesn't really do anything the whole movie. We don't ever see him like act out towards anybody. Oh yeah. So really we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the cafe scene where, you know, where, where Wayne confronts him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, outside the courtroom before Wayne could shoot chill, uh, one of Falcone's men, a blonde female reporter assassinates him, right? Hey, Hey Joe, Joe, Falcone says hi. Boom. Um, interesting that it's a female, right? Yeah. I always love that. Cause it's this, you know, it's somebody who looks like, um, you know, an anchor or a reporter or somebody. It's someone so, like, inconspicuous, you know. It, 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 the whole time I'm watching, I'm thinking, like, it's going to be like Joe Pesci, you know, like walking up and just <laughs> shooting this dude in the middle of uh, in the middle of this courtroom. Um, but, no, I, I like it because it's just, you know, that's exactly – it looks like somebody coming up to get a quote. And she just fucking plugs him. And I was like, hell, yeah, you know, that's just – that's the kind of shit that, you know, that they go for. And I was like, that's genius. You know, no one, no one would ever see that coming. Right. And, and I love that, you know, I love that Gotham is just basically this cesspit. Just this, just this absolute shithole that, you know, has corrupt cops. You know, we'll meet, we'll meet Flass soon. But basically, you know, this judge has kind of, Falcone's paid him off to have the uh, public trial to get uh, Joe Chill out in the open it's it's interesting, man. I I really I really like the corruption element of it, and you know, Dark Knight doubles down on this, right? He did doubles down on the the corruption element of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fantastic, and it's just such a way, is a great way to show why this city needs Batman, <laughs> needs someone with a pure heart to clean this shit up. Yeah. Um. So Bruce tells. Bruce tells her about the the vengeful plan to kill Chill himself, and she lectures him about the harmfulness of seeking revenge. Justice is about harmony. Revenge is about you making yourself feel better, right? She advises him to look beyond his selfish pain and to see the crime in Gotham. This city is rotting. Things are worse than ever down here. Falcone floods our street with streets with crime and drugs preying on the desperate, creating new Joe, Joe Chills every day. According to her, Falcone was destroying everything his parents stood for, and he was no better. Good people, like your parents, who'll stand against, inju- against injustice, they're gone. What chance does Gotham have when the good people do nothing? And uh, she slaps him twice <laughs> and tells him, your father would be ashamed of you. And at this point, this is where Bruce Wayne shoots her in the fucking head because he can get away with it and nobody touches Bruce Wayne. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, she's a maid's daughter. Fuck her. Blow her brains out, dude. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I mean, she's she, she dude. She's she's a little brutal in this movie. I I'm not kidding. Like she's she's such a downer. She's just such a just leave this guy be, man. Like I mean, <laughs> fuck. Well, I just love Christian Bale shoots her in the head, and they're just like Bruce. It's not the purge. That's next week, and he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, Wayne flings his gun into the harbor and then enters a basement diner cl- uh, dinner club where he meets the criminal boss Falcone and confronts him. He says, I came here to show you that not everyone in Gotham's afraid of you. Uh, 
and, you know, states that he ruled the power by, by the power of fear. Falcone replies that the privileged Wayne was ignorant of criminal behavior and, quote, the ugly side of life. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I love how backwards this goes, like, this how quick, d- quickly of a 180 this whole scene turns for Bruce. Like, uh, Bruce just walks in there. <laughs> I love Falcone being like, no gun, I'm insulted. <laughs> yeah, the editing is, is a little strange here. Like, sometimes I feel like this... The way that this scene is edited, is very, it's very quick at first. You know, it's almost kind of rushed to get hey, him into the booth. You can shut the fuck up about the editing, all right? Because it's done, <laughs> it's done by Lee Smith, who is an Australian and who's an Oscar winner. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the, I'm it's just, I, I don't know if it's the action part of it, of him getting like shoved into the booth and you know, roughed up and stuff. But I was like, part of this just seems really odd to me. I don't know what it is. Well, Maybe it should be nitpicky. I was watching this with my brother, dude. And like, like Falcone gives these two guys the nod for like, like to, you know, to to chuck him out, and they just start beating and wailing on him, and like I'm like to my brother, that's a bit of a fucking overkill. Just throw him out. <laughs> like, what the, is this necessary? Oh uh, well, the whole. I mean, and we're pretty much here. You know, he's like, you always fear what you don't understand. Yeah. You know, blah blah blah. Um, and you know, he pulls a gun on him, and you know, he's like, there's a judge, there's two off duty cops, there's a DA right over there. You know, uh, that's power that money can't buy. That's fear. And which is cool. I mean, Mr. Fucking theme stated, you know, this is going to pop up a couple of times. Um, but as they're hauling him off and, you know, he punches him in the face and he's like, you know, yeah, you got spirit. Can I give you that? You know, more than your old man did. You know, he said he begged like a dog. And I was like, dude, this is <laughs> like, this a dog. is so I do not need this at all. This whole like, yeah, we're the bad guy. And you see the, the henchman next to Bruce looking at him like, yeah, you little punk. And I was like, dude, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need this at all. This is very like 1940s pencil twirling, shooting a Tommy gun out the, out the, out of the auto carriage as you just robbed a bank. Like, I don't know. It just didn't, I just didn't really need it at all. See, when you're making a Batman film, you have to make the goons look very menacing. You can tell this is an English dude who has no, no idea, idea about yeah. American crime. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, back in the monastery, Descartes tells him, uh, "What you really fear is is what you really fear is inside yourself. You fear your own power. You fear your anger, the drive to do great or terrible things. Now you must journey inwards, uh, and in the process, Wayne conquers his fear by embracing his worst fear. Bats. Um, it's it's funny because like you know as a Jedi are supposed to stay away from fear. <laughs> That's all I could think of, right? Like fear leads to the path of the dark side. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I dig all this. I love the the immersion fear therapy kind of thing that they have going on. Just the, you know, if you're afraid of snakes, just just sit in a pit of snakes, like kind of thing. Because uh, because sometimes, I mean, I, like sometimes that has worked for me with plenty of stuff. It's just kind of like like I'm afraid of heights. But if I'm up somewhere high, I'm just I'm just like left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Just get in there. Just go in there and walk, you know, and then if I'm if I'm not looking down and if I know, you know, my legs work fine, why would I fall? You know, you have to kind of like push yourself into it. But that immersion therapy kind of thing, I mean, it helps sometimes. It's helped me out with some stuff. Yeah, it's um, I, I've oh God, where, where did I where did I hear a story? I don't know. I won't be able to remember. But yeah, I 100 percent agree. And like I've definitely heard of people being cured about that kind of stuff, just kind of like chucked into the deep end kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, but I, I like the, um, you know, it took me a while to understand what Wayne was doing with the, the cutting of, the, of the, the uniform for the ninjas as he's trying to blend in. Oh, yeah, I fucking love that. Yeah. You know, he, first, he gets high as fuck off that blue flower. <laughs> Let me tell you, that blue flower will fuck you <laughs> up, son. Yeah. 
but um yeah i i love the the whole cat and mouse of it all and um you know it's it's kind of like hey you he it, he knows that ducard will be minding his surroundings he's like he will notice this and because he knows he notices it he uses that to his advantage it's like that's fucking smart it shows that he's learning you know right you know exactly and it shows that he's a damn good learner and a quick learner too yeah for sure um but yeah after this uh ducard tells wayne that he's now ready to lead the ninja warriors as a member of the league of shadows but first He's ordered to show his commitment to justice by executing a criminal murderer, right? And what does Wayne do, Colin? They're like, hey, come over and kill this fat guy. And he's like, no. <laughs> um, you put a shirt on him? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what did he do? He ate his neighbor. Um, no, the uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I love the the physicality of it, of him saying no and then flipping the thing up. I There's a... And I like this, but there's a problem that this movie has with trying to get too many one-liners in that I don't really like. And he's just like, "What are you doing? What is necessary, my friend?" And it's like, "Dude, I don't need this line." Like, like I like there's certain lines throughout this where he's like, "I gotta like, get me like one that. of those." I kind of like that. Oh, God, I fucking hate it, man. Like, um, I can't, I can't stand the. <coughs> Sorry, I can't stand the fucking one-liners of this. Of the, you know, does it come in black? You know, I'm like, oh yeah, God. That, that's one I can live with, dude. I'm just like, I don't need this from you, Wayne. Don't need this. From one you. of one of one of these awful lines gave me ovaries, and the next one gave me ovarian cancer, and I was just like, oh God. <laughs> no, it's just it was fucking. I hate these one-liners, man. They're so fucking bad. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, all right, but let's yeah, let's get into this this scene because it's like. This is the scene that tells us exactly what the League of Shadows is about, right? Like, um, you know, Descartes talks about uh, about about Ra's intent was to send them to Gotham, was to send the ninjas into Gotham to strike at the heart of criminality, and Gotham would be destroyed by the League of Shadows, and the city was beyond saving and must be allowed to die. Um, this this kind of gets to the very purpose and function of the League of Shadows, right? This is kind of like this uh, cleansing sort of like uh, group, and it's uh, kind of fucked up. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> watching this scene now makes me laugh how much fucking taller Liam Neeson is than <laughs> than Christian Bale. He's got like a good like four or five inches on it, dude. It's fucking funny. Um, it, it, but actually, um, just quickly, the 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 League of Shadows kind of remind me a lot of like the way Ozzy Mandius thinks in Watchmen. Like we need to destroy this smaller yet three million people in new york to save for the greater good the greater good the greater good no no it, it definitely well it's kind of like you know here um like i'm not <clears throat> i'm not you know a fan of like hunting uh i don't think i could shoot an animal you know it's just i just don't think i have that in me I, I, one of the reasons why i quit eating meat for a long time and i've dabbled before with not eating meat again um if if you wouldn't go out there and shoot it or kill it, I just I don't think I don't know. I find that somewhat hypocritical. That's my personal view. That's just me. But the thing is, here we have so many deer. We have uh, like we have a lot of fatalities in Tennessee for people hitting deer on the road. It's really bad. Um, so when deer hunting season comes, I mean, I'm like, hey, I hate it. Necessary evil. That is a fucking totally necessary evil. I know you. I mean, I know myself included. I know every single person I know has probably hit a fucking deer at some point, and it's a necessary evil. When the you know what does he Same say when the forest becomes. Kangaroos. Yeah, there you go. Um, <clears throat> you know, when the forest gets too thick, the fire is inevitable. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I get it to a certain extent, you know, um, when something gets big enough, like they said, like Rome or London you know, or whatever, like inevitably the, you know, the fire rises. I, I, I really dig that. No, for sure, dude. 
Um, but yeah, essentially Wayne blows up the entire monastery uh, and we we think that Raz is dead, right? Flaming pieces of structure collapses on him uh, and Ra, Ra, Raz is uh, crushed and killed. And I remember as a kid, I'm just like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I can believe it because he's such a minor character to, to non-Batman fans, you know, but like once you get to know the comics and animated films and shit like that, you're like, dude. I mean, the Lazarus Pit and Raja Ghul are like a huge part of Batman mythos. Well, is this okay? Like, here's here's something. Is this the first movie before Iron Man three to pull the Mandarin stunt? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Think about maybe. it. Maybe I don't. I mean, in terms of comic book film, um, yeah, probably. But I mean, as as any kind of film, like no, I feel like there was definitely the. I mean, no, there there must have been right. I mean, like uh, I'm I'm only saying because you know you've got Ken Watanabe who who can probably who would play an awesome fucking Raz Al Ghul, right? I mean, if you gave him like all the you know all the actual Raz stuff, um, and then he's kind of Ke- like killed Keegan, off. Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> from Key and Bill. Bill. <laughs> yeah, but then you know you kind of give it to Liam Neeson, who's the bigger actor, right? Whereas you know Iron Man three spoilers for Iron Man three, uh, Ben Kingsley is an actor, <laughs> and you got Guy Pearce, who's the actual Mandarin. Um, I don't know. I think Iron Man three kind of got it a little bit worse because all the marketing and the and the promos and stuff actually had Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin. <laughs> so well, yeah. And what I what I really dig is when you realize that Descard is Raz Agul. When you're looking at like the comic book, you're like, "Whoa, fucking actually, spoilers, dude! What the fuck? Come on, man! Oh, fuck you!" <laughs> um, it, when you're looking at the comic book, it's like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Like he actually, when you look at like Raz Agul from the comic books and stuff, you're like, "Yeah, he looks a little bit." more like Liam Neeson in this than Ken Watanabe, you know? Yeah, like he's like a like tall, sort of like lanky guy. Yeah, I get you. Right, right, right. Right. So, dude, by the way, when they're sliding, when he's like racing on his belly to, to save uh, Descartes and he like gets him like just in time, his arm is gone. <laughs> like the way oh, it yeah. bends, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, well, man. And, like they, the sound design is pretty cool because I'm pretty sure you can hear like the click, like the like the oh. like the snapping of something when it's it's like oh god, like that really sucked. But I love the fact that I mean he kind of does like 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 bicep curl him up, but yeah. after that he he just kind of has to like do just lean with your body sorry, weight. Captain America helicopter scenes him, yeah. Right. Um, but I, I, I love the fact that, you know, he has to just use his body weight to, like, throw him up there. But I, I like Bale's just like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's, like, fucking exhausted. It's like, cool, I like that. That's not just like, oh, man, yeah, I'm really tired. It's like, no, this is fucking excruciating. Absolutely. I was like, okay, cool, I dig that. 100%. I, I do, and I do like that he saved him, right? Like, I, I buy this mentorship. Like, even though it's been told to us through montages and stuff, I buy this. I buy this sort of relationship here and like you know he he leaves him to recover in like a sherpa hut and stuff but whatever so after a total period of seven years according to alfred bruce returns to gotham city um in a private jet from katmandu uh to show the citizens that quote their city doesn't belong to the criminals and the corrupt to be most effective he decides to be a symbol in order to be incorruptible something elemental something terrifying and uh, I remember that was the first time I was introduced to Batman as a symbol and not just a crime-fighting guy in a cape, right? Like, that was super interesting to me. Even as a child, um, even as a 12-year-old, I was like, oh, I, I really, really like that. Like, that, I, I like that 
Batman is bigger than just one person. Right, which is, I mean, wh- why I'm a huge fan of um, the the Dark Knight Rises takes a lot of pages out of the Dark Knight Returns comic book, just in terms of like there being no Batman for 10 years and then somebody else taking up the mantle and Batman being older and stuff. It's like, okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and spoiler alert for Dark Knight Returns, fucking comic book from four years before I was even born. But, you know, the the passing on to the mantle of the fact that like this one person inspired many. So like let's break the mythos of of you know of of this is just one man hunting the whole city it's like no this is a police force now like this is a group of people and i was like cool like i i really dig that because you gotta think and they kind of touch on that in dark knight with the copycats and stuff yeah but you know i i you know in the um in Dark Knight Returns, like he straight up like monopolizes on that. He's like, you know, I'm too old to be Batman. I can't keep doing this shit. He's like, but if you guys are ready and willing, he's like, you know, we'll, you know, we can get this town like back in working order. And you kind of see that similarly with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know. Um, well, the Dark Knight actually like the Dark Knight ends up taking this concept right, like that Batman is a symbol, and kind of like flips it on its head, on its head, like the, you know, in order to save Harvey Dent and to save. Uh, the future of this city in terms of politics and in terms of where it's going to go, I need to turn this Batman symbology into something evil because it's necessary. Symbology? Symbology? Isn't that a word? Symbolism? Symbolism, symbology, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you've never never seen Boondock Saints, have you? No. (laughs) Oh, there's a whole joke in there about that. I'll let you find it. Fuck. But yeah, no, that's, I mean, yeah, that's what's so masterful, I think, about uh, The Dark Knight and the way that movie ends, but uh, yeah, symbology. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think isn't that? I swear, it's, isn't that a thing? Because I'm googling it. Uh, I'm fucking googling, googling it. Google it. Here Google we go. It. Because I believe in like Dan Brown's like novels, like you know Da Vinci Code and stuff. Tom Hanks's character is a symbologist. Maybe that's a I don't know symbologist. Yeah, symbology, the study or use or of symbols. Yes, eat, I, eat my dick. Eat oh fuck you, my dick. uh but anyway so rachel Dawes is the new city uh da right assistant da and uh she's becoming increasingly frustrated by the rulings made by arkham asylum psychiatrist dr jonathan crane played by killian murphy regarding falcone's thugs the corrupt doctor was obviously paid off by falcone to move the criminals from jail to the asylum uh, basically, he keeps putting forward the argument that these guys are insane and not actual, uh, actually responsible for their acts. And you know, we've we've talked about Jonathan Crane already and Killian Murphy. He's fucking awesome, dude. Love love this guy. Anytime he appears in a movie, he's always so good. By the way, did you see the trailer for A Quiet Place Part Two? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, I just want to point that out. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Bruce uh, investigates the well where he's attacked by the bats and discovers a vast bat cave. And uh, this moment's cool, man. Like, just the bats kind of, like, swirling around him. Cool shit. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, this this definitely feels like with that last shot that we get of him. You know, at first he's kind of he's kind of scared. He stands up. The camera is going farther and farther back to the point, like, he's standing there and they're all just flying flying around him. But when the camera pulls back and the, the um, on the last frame, like where it's where it's going to cut, like that looks like concept art. Insane, like that definitely right? looks like yeah, right. It looks so, that looks like something somebody was like, hey, I've got this idea, work with me on this. And the transition of it too, of the bats all fluttering the the camera and it cutting to and it cutting to Crane and um, 
Falcone. I was like, dude, I fucking love that. That's 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 really 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 good. So fucking good, dude. Um, but yeah, so essentially, Bruce Wayne makes his appearance known to the to the larger city. Uh, he returns to the Wayne Enterprises. I love him like playing golf with his, his secretary. <laughs> um, and he talks to Bill Earl, right? And uh, he says, "Well, I need a job." And then he says, "Well, what do you have in mind?" And he's like, "Well, I'll be thinking about applied sciences." And he's like, Lucius, and he's like, Fox's department, I'll get you in touch. And we meet Fox, played by Morgan Freeman, chief inventor, gadget guru, and head of R&D. Uh, Fox shows Wayne some of the prototypes he's previously developed, including a grappling gun and experimental armored survival bodysuit. Um, yeah, I, I don't, at this point, I'm kind of asking myself, so what does Wayne Enterprises do? Right, yeah, like, I kind of... Well, and one thing, Lucius Fox, like the black Nicholas Tesla, uh, or Nikola Tesla. Um, <laughs> like, nice it. No, uh, um, no, go ahead. Did you just hear the strike that I just had? I said- Yeah, I, well, I was kind of like, what nice is he it. doing? What? <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like, I, like, a, like, like, a, like, a, like a guy running from a DUI on a crosswalk. I'm just going to plow that kid down and keep going. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking keep oh keep running and act like this never happened. Well, <laughs> you ever try to say jelly bean and say belly jean? No, I, I, I do that shit all the time. I'm like, do I smell toast? Am I dying? Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, my left arm is going limp because I'm having a heart attack. Fucking sim- symbolism. Um, no. <laughs> Symbology, dick. No, <laughs> no the the thing that. Um, yeah, I, at first, because I wonder if they're just like a general, like, hey, I know Thomas Wayne worked at the hospital. You know, it just it seems like a company that got into something like, <clears throat> I don't know, let's say they, <clears throat> sorry, let's say they sold fucking medical equipment or whatever, just as an example. And then they acquired another company to do this and another company to do that. And eventually they just seemed like a company like Disney. Like they started off doing one thing, but then they snagged up a bunch of other small companies that maybe didn't have anything to do with what they started with. They just seem like a conglomerate now. They seem like, a, I'm, I don't know if there's anything specific that they do. Um, but what I... <laughs> the the thing that cracks me up is like you know again I just I don't understand like um you know the thing with Earl the only thing that I can get that makes him somewhat villainous is at this board meeting when he's like I think we need to stop worrying about what Thomas Wayne would have done twenty five years ago right. and blah blah which is a totally fucking not a bad call at all like does Disney <laughs> give a fuck about what Walt Disney thought about thirty years ago probably not you know it's like I, I fuck I don't even think he was alive thirty years ago um, but the thing is like I I just don't see you know it, it's not totally illogical what he's talking about he's like hey you know we're picking up we're moving on it it kind of seems like they're going like the stark route like we're making weapons and we're selling weapons because we're huge and we can make a shit ton of money off of doing it um and in that i just wish they had elaborated on it a little bit more i don't mind this one line but it's not enough for us to to end the movie on him getting fired and be like oh fucking burn you know it it, i don't know i just didn't i didn't really feel anything from this i would have rathered of him if that had been like yeah earl knew or like somehow you know, Earl knew that they were going to hit the ship and take the weapon, you know, the vaporizer, but he let them do it for insurance reasons or I don't know, something, you know, make him somewhat more villainous because I just. It's it's weird. Really... And especially because you have a, a guy like you have an actor as esteemed as Rutger Howe playing him. Like, it seems like he should have yeah. been given a bit more to do. <clears throat> 
Or if Bruce Wayne had come back and he was like, hey, I want to run the company now. And Rucker Howard pulled a Nobadiah Sane and was like, hey, this guy's mentally unfit. We're filing an injunction. Cool. Now you give him a reason to not like him. But I mean, it, just because he wants to take a company in a different direction and he's kind of a dick to Lucius doesn't make him the corporate bad guy. You know, it just didn't really it didn't really can do anything you, for me. Can you imagine if Rutger Howard just starts going, <laughs> Bruce Wayne built this in a cave <laughs> with a box of scraps, <laughs> well, which I mean, fucking is technically not wrong. No. You know, he definitely built this shit in a cave. Right. Well, uh, literally, literally. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not Bruce Wayne, sir. Um, no, but yeah, I just, I like seeing Rucker Hauer in this. And I feel like that's a Blade Runner throwback because I remember reading something where Nolan sat everybody down for Dark Knight in a screening room and they watched Heat and Blade Runner back to back. And nice. he's like, that's what, he's like, that, that's how this movie's going to go. And I was like, wow, you literally pulled, I mean, probably two of my favorite films, if not my two favorite films out, like two of the best films ever made and show those. And I mean, you made The Dark Knight, which is, I mean, I think the Dark Knight deserves to be up there with Heat and fucking Blade Runner. Absolutely. I really do. I, yeah. I think it does an absolutely great job. Absolutely. And you can definitely see the the shades of hate in, in the Dark Knight for sure. Um, but yeah, turning back to this piece of shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we re-meet uh, Sergeant Jim Gordon, right? Like Because, the, you know, he, he kind of had the younger look going on in the flashbacks um, after they caught Joe Chill. Um and this is essentially a newly outfitted Batman without the cowl, obviously. Um, <laughs> I love the way he, he goes up to him with the the, the stapler. <laughs> and he says that oh, Falcone's yeah. like paid up with the right people, right? Right. What will it take to bring Falcone down? You need uh, dirt on Judge Faden, uh, which is that redheaded, like, the fattest, most Irish-looking dude. dude in the world. The judge is just like, well, I'm basically a big rock with legs. Like that's what he looks like to me. <laughs> like, like his head is so big. He looks. He's like. He's like a redheaded Ted Kennedy. <laughs> he's this fucking huge guy. <laughs> I don't really think it's that funny, but you're laughing. It's, it's fucking making me laugh. He looks like what Clayface would look like. <laughs> he fucking does, dude. He he really does. Like he's just. He, he looks like he's kind of like. Per, oh, looks like he's always sweating way too much. Like he's like constantly pink. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like when, he's, when he's in that dinner club and he's like surrounded by those bitches he's like, he's, <laughs> yeah he's very just like, oh, like he, just, he looks like he's always <laughs> constipated i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fucking funny dude. Dive, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fucking funny man all right man oh shit so <clears throat> Uh, Wayne learns Wayne learns more about Fox's inventions, including the memory fabric and an armored combat car. This is the tumbler. This uh okay, so alright, let's let's talk about the memory what is it, memory cloth? Um what do you think about this? Do you like this? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I don't need only- a reason for everything, Christopher Nolan. I do, I just don't. I'm sorry. Right. No, I, I don't I don't mind that. The the thing I the thing that makes them Way less sense to me than anything, and somebody would shoot me for saying this is Batman's cape. I've who needs a fucking ditch the cape? 
ditch the fucking cape. Like that is a huge liability to have this thing mm-hmm. flowing okay. behind you. That, yeah, He's, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It, it it can be grabbed or slammed into the ground or like I've always, I don't know if this is in a movie or something, but like Incredibles. I've always wanted I just quoted it. Oh, I do. I've never fucking seen it. Oh, um, oh there is an amazing scene where um, I'm just going to quickly run through this. I know you're about to say something. I'm just like, so he goes to the costume designer and she goes to say, uh, she goes to design the costume and he's like, yeah, and a cape, it should be good. And she's like, no, no capes. And then like we get this like quick little montage of like other superheroes have been killed via their capes. Like literally one gets stuck in an elevator. One is like flying next to a plane and then like the cape gets stuck in a jet engine while the plane's in the air. <laughs> but yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like fucking dollar bill and Watchmen got his cape stuck in a revolving door. Right. Um, I've never, that's why I love, um, if you put a gun to my head and you were like, you have to pick one Batman costume forever and ever and ever. Amen. I would say Batman with Beyond. cape, Batman Beyond, like with cape, Dark Knight Returns power armor for sure. But Ooh, nice. if I'm going like, dude, the way it just makes sense, like the kind of thing that he has between his armpit and his his ribs, like, you know, that f- seems like it could help facilitate the like a nice glide. Yeah. yeah, it's like a glide suit, you know. But yeah, the whole, I don't know, the cape never really made much sense to me. That's why I love Batman Beyond. It just, all that seems very like utilitarian. It seems like something like tight and there's not a whole lot of fat to be trimmed on it. Um, well, it, it just fits like in the with the future aspect of what they're going in for, right? Right. The whole Batman cape seems like a Dracula kind of thing, like to strike the fear and just this black mass flying through the sky. Like that is more terrifying and I get it. But like as far as functionality, it's like that is so fucking like that is that is so not conservative at all. Like you get so fucked up doing that shit. Mm, for sure. Um, what did you think of the Tumblr? First time you saw it. Do you remember what you thought when you first saw it? I, I think I think I didn't mind it. I was just like, man, that is really ugly. You yeah. know? Um, I, I remember there not, being a lot of backlash. Even as a 12-year-old, I remember hearing a lot of like, that's not the Batmobile. Right, yeah. And like, I I think that, I, again, I think that Ben Affleck's Batmobile is a cool compromise between style and functionality. It's big, it's it's bulky, but it's also like aerodynamic and fast and kind of, it seems very fluid. Um, <clears throat> ultimately, I think I like the one in Arkham Knight probably the best. Ooh, nice. That one's pretty fucking cool. It can switch to that battle mode and stuff. Yeah, you know um, what? That that one was so cool that the designers of that game specifically made missions that were way too, you know, fucking Batmobile centric. Yeah, and I mean, and I got I have like all the fucking skins in Arkham Knight. Like I beat the fuck out of that game. Um, <clears throat> but it's cool riding around in like the '89 Batmobile. Or um, like Batflex is whatever is cool, but nothing beats riding around in that Arkham Knight, the you know the Arkham Knight Batmobile. That's the one's probably my favorite. Mm. I do, I do like the Tumblr. Um, I, 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 you know, it's its shape is weird and like it's so drastically different from what's come before, and I think that's what Nolan definitely had in mind. I'm I'm not sure if I like the whole um, the whole him having to go down into the center of it to shoot the missiles. Like I don't. That's that's a weird concept um and i do i do like the bat pod is part of this this into this whole design like i like that the bike uh, that's pretty cool but uh, oh yeah 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 so then we get the doc sequence right this is the uh the, the the first reveal of batman as a as a character as a as a as a force to be reckoned with um yeah talk to me about this scene dude well yeah i um i feel like this one's 
pretty iconic now just because I, I it feels like a precursor to a lot of stuff like the first episode of daredevil like being in the shipping containers on the dock like kind of stuff i really dig that um <clears throat> i don't like the whole the guy wildly shooting the mp5 in the air and be like where are you Dude, here yeah you know? that's rough um i think a much better version of this scene is the one in uh, Dark Knight Rises when the power goes out in that tunnel and everybody starts shooting and you just see Batman like glimpses of him like over here and then over there and yeah, then he's like right cool. in front of the camera you're like good god that's fucking scary um, but I but I I do think it's pretty cool because you gotta think none of these people you know from here on out people are gonna be like oh you gotta watch the sky watch for Batman these people have no idea what's fucking going on they're like dude this could be the thing from Jeepers Creepers for all we know like what <laughs> the fuck is happening and what what the fuck is picking us apart um, but I, I, I do I do like that I think it's pretty cool just him, seeing him swooping in and just picking these guys off one by one um, definitely did that a time or two in Arkham Knight you know um, but I, I like the reveal you know of, of um, but the I, you know, Carmine Falcone. Or is it is it Fal- is it Carmine Falcone? Who's who Carmine, is yeah. who's the Carmine? Who's the guy in Dark Knight that takes his place? It's a name like Falcone. Yeah, it's um, um no, I'll I'll get it for you. Just keep talking. Okay, yeah, I know it's Eric Roberts is the actor, yeah. but I, I always get I always get Falcone and that guy confused. Um, uh, but no, the um <clears throat> the the whole thing of of picking the guys off and kind of just hiding and waiting and having to bide your time. I really, really dig that. The fact that this is not just like a full frontal assault, but Salvatore Falcone, Maroney, there you go. Um, and the other one is, oh, um, Dietrich spaghetti. Spaghetti? What the fuck <laughs> is that? Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Dietrich spaghetti. is like, man, hey, who's that? Um, no, the, the, the whole thing with, with Falcone being like, what the hell are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, again, I don't need that. Yeah. It just seems like it seems like there's a lot of setups to some like very obvious one-liners that are coming. But all in all, I, I dig this scene though. I, I, I like the costume. I like the fact that this is, there's this costume and then there's Dark Knight and Dark Knight just holds over into Dark Knight Rises. There's not like another upgrade. You know what I mean? No, 100%. Because he's, cause that, that Dark Knight one is pretty much perfect. Right, yeah, and I can't believe it took them this long. Even in Batman, even this movie, he can't turn his fucking head. Yeah. It's like, how are people not thinking of this? <laughs> like, that the cowl needs to be separate from the neckline. Like, none of that makes sense. But, um, but all in all, I I dig the Batman Begins suit, if not just because it makes him look a lot bigger and yeah, intimidating. But when the dark, the Dark Knight one comes out, it looks like you couldn't possibly get a shot off on that suit. You're like, oh fuck, this dude's in like power armor, you know? No, absolutely. And he, like, he's it looks like he's got abs as well. <laughs> like it's a it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, no, I do like the scene, man. I, I I love the infiltration element of it all. Like, uh, it, it reminds me a lot of like Arkham Asylum, the first game. Um, <clears throat> like it, it it's it's fucking awesome. And like you know, I love the batarang coming down and like hitting the lights and. It's it's a cool build up. I like it. Um, this is obviously you know we've we've met Flass already, right? The the big greasy, <laughs> the greasy guy, <laughs> the most greasiest of the of of them all. Um, <laughs> and, uh, basically, what's happening here is uh, Falcone is receiving this shipment of drugs, and uh, this is Batman intercepting that shipment. Um, this is just going to play in a bit later uh, because obviously we come to find out that this. Shipment of drugs is laced with the the flower hallucinogen, right? That's what this is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Flass is so shitty. <laughs> Flass is just a piece of shit. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm Batman. And by the way, dude, Batman can't fly, right? Like this is a thing we know this. So when he says I'm Batman, he just goes directly up into the air. What the fuck? 
He's being like abducted by aliens. <laughs> like there's a fucking UFO up there. Uh, but yeah, so he also foils an assassination attempt on Rachel's life. This is scary, dude. Like this, by the way, Rachel, why are you catching this monorail at this time and walking through this area? Because, man, like the way this guy just like creeps through those doors, like he just leaps up and just exits. Uh, tell you what, though, one of my favorite shots in this entire movie is uh, she turns around, shoots the taser, and Batman's just there on that railing and he's got the the the, the taser fucking wire on his chest oh it's so good it's so good yeah he's just he's just kind of coiled up in the corner he's like so yeah. bitch because it's the first shot it's the first time you see it in light in full light yeah it's good stuff um but yeah he foils that assassination attempt uh he provides it with photo evidence of judge faden aka clayface aka red rock uh whatever <laughs> <laughs> on falcone's payroll uh, shortly later that night, Sergeant Gordon finds Falcone strapped to a searchlight, right? Forming a bat-shaped signal in the sky from the beam of light. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool because, you know, Sergeant Gordon, he's the only clean cop. Like, obviously, you know, we come to find him. We come to know him later as Commissioner Gordon. But I love his, like, I love the way Gary Oldman plays this. And by the way, we fucking missed out Gary Oldman is in this cast. <laughs> right. Well, he... he- I play such a small role compared he to, does. The, to the to the next ones, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, he it, it just it's kind of you know his scenes are you know it kind of seems like he's maybe got like ten scenes, you know. It, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot. Going. It feels like Rachel has more going on than yeah, Gordon, sadly. But I, I like how uh, I like how cynical he is, right? Like when he rocks up to this crime scene, he's like. You know, one of one of the other cops is like, "Well, yeah, we've got like Falcone's drugs," and he's like, "Well, too bad we can't tie them to him." And then he's like, "Well, no, you just don't speak too soon, right?" And there's Falcone. Uh, the next day, headline tells uh, talks about the masked vigilante. Bat serves up crime boss DA Rachel Dawes was able to successfully prosecute against Falcone, although she was surprised by Bruce Wayne's reappearance in town, living a profligate life. They remit, re- they remeet rather. Um, <laughs> Bruce, we have more hotels for you to buy. Oh yeah, yeah. This scene with him in the uh, the the hotel and the, I'm making some changes to the uh, swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I like this stuff. Like, see, I, I know Bruce Wayne's supposed to be a dickhead. Like, I, I get that. I, I don't. I don't know if I like these in either of these movies. In any of these movies. See, I I don't know. I I like the thing at the end because it seems like. I don't know. You, in order to really get people's attention, people don't really pick up on subtlety sometimes. Um, but you know, I, th- I think when he he's just going above and beyond to make sure. I think somebody who would be as trained and who who would have a good eye, just like Batman would be, would be like, why is this guy being so loud? Like something's different. Like this is not. I don't know. Something something is off it's about this. Off the I trail. think. Yeah. Right. I think if Ra's al Ghul were watching Bruce Wayne in a crowd and trying to figure out who's Batman, he'd be like, that's him. That's definitely him. Like, I, I think he would catch it in a heartbeat. But um, I also don't want to go past really quick before we get to the hotel, the microwave emitter, the vaporizer oh, that gets stolen off the ship. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I hate this Dude. so much. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, for one thing, the guy telling Rucker Hauer looks a shit ton like Christopher Nolan, by the way. Like, I was yeah, looking at him I and I was like, I this is that, a little yeah. weird. Um, but, um, but no, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't hate the scene, you know, it's just kind of setting up, what is this like a vaporizer and yeah, it would use to be neut- neutralized enemies, water supplies. Like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I, I guess, um, 
I, I like this. I like the stuff with the vaporizer, though, because it's kind of like, you know, they're dumping the stuff into the water, but we don't really know why. And this I think if this had happened earlier on, like, hey, this got stolen and we don't know why. And it were something minor. And then later on, it would be like, oh, shit, the vaporizer. Then I think it would hit a little bit more. But, um, you know, I don't hate it, I guess. It's OK. It's just so for me, I don't think I like it because it's just so jarringly different to what Nolan's been setting up this whole movie. This whole like sort of like realistic sort of like element of like this is the world we live in, you know, everything has everything has consequence and everything is grounded and blah blah blah. And then we get this device that yeah, this microwave emitter. I'm just I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not on board with this. This is the most comic booky element of this entire movie, and it's not that bad. It's just it, for me, it just seems so jarringly out of place. <coughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, this is this is where I could see a scene of of him going to Rucker Howard and being like, "Hey, uh, this thing has been stolen," and he's like, "It's all okay." And he's like, "Well, what do you mean this thing? I know it's okay." <laughs> and seeing like Rucker Howard being like a part of it, yeah. then I can understand that. Like, it would make a little bit more sense to me. But as is, like, it's okay. It's just meh, whatever. You know, it, it kind of gives us a reason to hate Rucker Howard more. But in this, he gets to play like a little bit more of a victim kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we get to Scarecrow, right? We actually see the Scarecrow for the first time. Uh, this is Dr. Jonathan Crane, um, I, I guess, speaking to Falcone. Um, this is the scene you were talking about where it's just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, Scarecrow scared the shit out of me, man, when I was a kid. I'm not even fucking kidding. The, the, just how sudden this scene plays out and he's just like, you want to have a look at my mask? Pulls it out, puts it on sprays him and then just the voice change and everything dude oh it's it's great i love it what do you think about this yeah well i love the visual of just like a dude in a suit with a mask on you know um <clears throat> like i don't mind the way he looks in arkham knight but he just looks like a techno rave kid from like letter i don't know he just there's nothing really about him in Arkham Knight that's really like scary to me. But in this, like the kind of I think he can barely see out of fucking like one eye. Like it's it's not a very I don't know. It it to me it strikes me as not a very like useful kind of like <laughs> thing compared not very to <clears throat> right. It's not practical at all. But the whole um, the 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 look of the the mask is just great. How tattered yeah. and kind of fucked up it looks, um, and the the mouthpiece and stuff. It just it, it is terrifying and and not you know it would it's it's a lot less scary when it's some dude running around in a fucking scarecrow outfit and like hay falling out of his pockets. But it's a lot scarier when it's a dude in a suit who's just like. You know, that's a normal dude, but with a mask on. And when you add that mask, it just, you know, it fucking adds so much, so, so many more elements to it. Why do you have that on? What are you doing? Like, what's what's happening right. here? I really dig that. No, absolutely, dude. And I, I, I like the whole element of, 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 uh, of Scarecrow <laughs> essentially being the reason for making his, uh, his inmates insane. Like, you know what I mean? I like that he's kind of like the master of their own mental, mental state. Uh, I really, really dig that part of it. Um, but, yeah, so this is the scene. We, we move on to the scene where Batman uh, questions Floss, right? Floss, I got kids to feed. What, they don't like falafel? You piece of shit. Oh, that's a... F <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shitty line, but I always laugh my ass off at that, though. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Mirror brother fucking killer. That scene, dude. Um, but, yeah, this is the, the, the origin of the voice, right? Oh God! Ooh. Yes, this is. Where are the other drugs going? Oh God! And and it's a great scene too, of him just pulling him up like it looks of him great. snatching up like the rain. 
Yeah, well, him snatching up Newman from Seinfeld is fucking great. Um, yeah, I, I, I like all this. And I don't mind the line delivery of, like, swear to God, no, swear to me. Like, I am your God right now. Like, I'm the one holding your life in my hand. Why are you swearing to somebody else? And it's like, I love all the dialogue and stuff. But, uh, you know, the um, yeah, but the shipment was, you know, blah, blah, blah. The shipment was held off for a couple of days. Why? And it's like, I just, <laughs> I don't really, you know. I don't know. I just, I just don't need it, man. And I, I can see doing a version of it of like, I, I you know, I don't know. There, there's, there's something else there besides this kind of thing like that. You know, I just, I just don't need it. And not to mention the hell that would play on your vocal cords after a while of having to do that take after take after take after take. Like, God, dude, that would, that just dries your throat out real quick. Well, quick little, quick little side tangent, dude. This is Christian Bale's first movie immediately after The Machinist. And if you haven't seen The Machinist, um, it's a great movie. But also, man, Christian Bale's physicality in that movie, he is god awfully and scary thin, like super thin. So literally these these two movies are a year apart, which is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Um, you know, eating a, a can of tuna and an apple a day, you know, <sighs> and um well it's and, and he said he won't do that shit anymore. You know, he's really yeah, fucked he's himself up, it. I think. Yeah. Um, but jumping from Machinist to Batman Begins, and then from Batman Begins to, um, I can't remember what came out next. Um, but I know that it, which one came out first, Dark Knight Rises or American so, Hustle? I think it was. I think it went from um the Dark Knight to the Fighter. Fighter, and then, yeah. yeah. And then after the Fighter was the Dark Knight Rises, and then after that was American Hustle. Right, and then Vice, you know. Fuck me, Vice, <laughs> dude. And then after Vice, Ford v. Ferrari. <laughs> like, what? Are you kidding me? Right, now? right, right. Yeah. But um, anyway, so he questions Floss about what was hidden in one of the uh, crowded drug shipments, and he learns uh, the drop-off point was in the Narrows. It's supposed to go to the guy in the Narrows. Yeah, that's it, right? He lets Floss down, and uh, dude, I love the visual of the just the just the rain coming off the, the cowl, like off the nose in, in particular. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. I re- Batman in snow or Batman in rain always looks really good. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, man. That's uh, that's about halfway. What do you reckon about taking a break right here? Sounds good to me, man. All right, guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Batman Begins. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, wherever the hell you are. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, guys. Just while we're taking a quick break here, I am going to plug some shit. No, it's not advertising. It's nothing paid. It's basically just kind of self-masturbatory stuff. Basically, follow us. Follow us on our socials. We have two pages on Facebook called Midnight Double Feature, obviously. And then we have our main group, which is called The After Party, which is fantastic. Our community loves to engage there. Uh, and we that's our main way to communicate with our audience. Please follow the after party. That's a fantastic page. And please follow us on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. Um, you can listen to us anywhere on iTunes, anywhere on Spotify, on YouTube, wherever. Um, and if there's no way that you can listen to us on your device, please, please, please let us know by getting in touch with us. You can do that by sending us an email, which is Midnight Double Feature at gmail.com. Now, last but certainly not least, please remember to rate and review 
podcast on iTunes. We would love to get your guys' feedback, whether it's positive or negative. Um, just please remember to, you know, put a star and let us know in your little speech bubble thingy what you think of us and where we can improve. That would be fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for listening to my little rant here and back to the show, I guess. See you later. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Coming at you with our second part of the coverage of Batman Begins here, because we are freshly squeezed, as we always like to say. Uh, Zoheb guided you beautiful babies through the first half. I'm going to take you through the second half and take it down to fucky town. So um, <laughs> uh, whatever we're, uh, uh, where we picked up is kind of where uh, Batman was interrogating Newman from Seinfeld, um, <laughs> and he tells him that the drugs are coming through the, uh, Hello, through the Baron from Stephen King's It. Um, nice. yeah. Hello, Batman. Hello, Newman. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he tells him that the, the drugs are coming in from the Narrows. Batman decides to take a trip down there. We also get just really quickly, they kill the, I guess, the head DA. They kill Rachel's boss, yeah, which the is district not. Attorney, which is ballsy, by the way. Right. I mean, like. Yeah, that. that yeah. If you're killing, if you're just killing fucking district attorneys, you are wanting a whole lot of police attention. But I guess it's fine if you have half the police force in your pocket. So, well, it's hilarious because earlier there's a scene where he's like, you know, you know, can we kill this pretty looking DA without causing a whole bunch of stories? Like, oh, accidents happen every day. So basically saying like, yes, it's doable, but this won't be just like killing some guy. You know, this is going to be a lot harder. So when the DA is like, hey, open that up. Well, you know, now you're kind of forced. You have to fucking kill him. And it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, God, that's a lot of heat. That's a lot of fucking heat to I'm lay just, down. Especially I'm just thinking, with- dude, like this is the equivalent of killing Harvey Dent in the next movie because Harvey Dent is the DA. Right. So it's, right. Just, it's just like, whoa, okay, no worries. Right. You bring a lot of unnecessary heat on you for this. But, um, but you can you can tell like these two guys that guide him to the container. You can tell they, they want to avoid that that from happening. Right. Because he's like, you know, we don't, this is Falcone's crate. We don't want to open it. And, you know, the right. guy he's like, I don't want to know what's in here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they shoot Carl, I believe is fucking whatever his name is. Um, they uh, so they shoot him as Batman makes his way down to the Narrows and he's kind of looking in. Um now is this the part where I think? Oh fuck! I think we already went past it with the with the, um uh, the little kid from Game of Thrones. No, Joffrey. no, it's right here. Yeah, with no, the, it's here. It's yeah, here. yeah, it's fucking cool. Seriously, dude, like it's just like I wish Batman had fucking snuffed this little cunt's lights out. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but yeah, so and by the way, he just gives him like this 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 thing. Like this looks expensive as fuck. Like. <laughs> If I was this kid, I wouldn't show it, like, I wouldn't just have it just to show my friends. I would sh- just sell it on fucking eBay, dude. I'm just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> this is going to go for a lot of money. Why don't you give this to your, like, obviously alcoholic screaming father and have him sell it? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I dig this little interaction between them and he kind of, uh, he moves he moves on into the... Um, you know, into the room looking for the drugs. They're they're being sent through these stuffed animals. I think they're going in two different spot places, basically. Like they're being split up, um, and that's when um, Scarecrow comes back with these two henchmen, and they're going to destroy everything. But a Scarecrow kind of catches on. Somebody's been here. Um, I like the 
I love the way he uses that fear gas, how it's just like the Spider-Man webbing. It's just like, like it comes out of his hand and it's yeah. like, like the, like, or right on the wrist. It's like, that is fucking badass. Like, that's really cool. Uh, and it makes sense. You know, it's not like a gun. It's not like, it's not like something you have to hold. It's something that's like attached to you. Absolutely. And all you have to do is stick your hands like, oh, that's fucking cool. And, and I really dig that. I love saying the, the effects of the gas, right? Like from the, saying it from the point of view of Batman, Who's like looking into the face of the of, of the of the scarecrow mask and like you can see the bats the bat wings coming out of his mouth. Oh, it looks great. Ugh. So yeah, um, fucking scarecrow sets Batman on fire. Lighten um, up. Don't. God damn it. Um, <laughs> I fucking hate it. I hate that line. I love it, dude. Because um, the music uh, drops out and everything, and he just throws the lighter. It's fucking great. Fuck you. I'm just, I'm just like quietly holding the space in between both my eyes on the bridge of my nose. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, um, but I love, I love, like, like I, gotta, I love that Batman's like defeated, right? Like he jumps out the window and he just cries for Alfred. Uh, yeah. The, my favorite shot in this entire movie is after he gets set on fire and he's kind of putting himself out in the, the puddle. When he runs down that alley, the next shot of him like smoking, slamming into that yeah. dumpster is amazing. The way that shot is done is just in fucking credible. And his so falling good. and stuff is like, this is, I love seeing heroes like this, like drugged on fire, like fucking beat up. Like, that's why, that's why I like Logan so much is because you really, or like the Daredevil TV show, you really get to see this person get their ass beat. Um, but the most touching thing about this whole scene is after, you know, he's like on the roof smoking. He's like, Alfred, Alfred. When it cuts to him in the car, you can look at Alfred's face like, oh my God, like this is, I'm, he's pissed. Yeah. But at the same time, like the, 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 oh my God, like what is, what has he gotten himself into? What is my, for like, for, I mean, he, th- that's his son. You know, he raised him. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's like that for, what has my son gotten himself into? And it's like, holy shit. And this you is know, the first be- time, like, one of these moves has dealt with, like, what this means to Alfred. Like, what what him, what Bruce Wayne going out as Batman every night means to Alfred. Right. Well, and the fact that he can't even relate to, like, help him. He's like, I don't know. Like, and, and it's fucking great because, you know, the logical thing is. Call somebody else who's not the cops, and that's where we get Lucius coming in here, and it makes total fucking sense, and it's perfect, and it's great, and I think it ties all those really, you know, he kind of knew, but didn't really say anything, but now he's like, he, you know, kind of off the books, and now he's on the books. I really dig that. Um, after, but they get him uh, after sorry, we after we find out that Bruce lost two whole days. Like what? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been asleep for two days, and the. Uh, the look on his face when he's talking and he's like, you know, I've dealt with this. Um, um, yeah, I've dealt with this before. You know, I've been, uh, yeah, but it was not this potent before. It's a weaponized hallucinogen. And he's like, you've been hanging out in the wrong clubs. And the look on Bruce Wayne's face with a mouthful of water. He's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like, that's such a good look. Um, but yeah, this is where Fox gets involved. And he's like. You know, I had to call him when I didn't know what was going on. Uh, so basically, they found. Uh, I love that he's like, you know, I cross reference your blood with some protein. Blah, blah blah. Am I supposed to know any of that? No, I just wanted to know how hard it was. That's a fucking <laughs> great lie. I love that. That's fucking funny. Um, it's kind of a play on the trope of like throwing the sciency words at people in movies and expecting them to, you know, it just nobody really knows what they're talking about. It's just like cool. That sounds official you i don't know, know this, is, this is gonna be the same director who's gonna make interstellar a few years later right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah he gets involved tells him he's also made an antidote which is very important he's like you know uh and i think does it make you like it's worthy of gas has no effect on you after that right i think once you take it you're good is, is that what i understand like you can't be drugged again yeah from what i believe it renders the the gas inert 
Right, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so he's given he's given the the antidote for it. Uh, he wakes up. It's also Bruce's birthday today. Apparently, um, he's got all these guests coming over. Rachel's going to go down. To, uh, she comes over to bring the birthday present. She's going to go down to the uh, to Arkham Asylum because they're going to move Falcone. And she's you know gets gets her tits in a twist about it for whatever reason. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, she's the worst. <laughs> you know, and she's not even really that bad in this, but it just seems it just seems kind of tacked on. It just does. Like she doesn't really have any any chemistry with you Christian know what? Bale. Let and I'm not the gonna poor bastard enjoy his birthday, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but, I'm know, gonna I'm, run right into the traps of the fucking demon monster villains in the movie. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I, her and Maggie Gyllenhaal are just, you know, they're okay. You know, I just don't see them having a lot of chemistry with, with Bruce. There's just something about it that just doesn't, I don't know. But I well, like that she gives him the arrowhead. That's cool. That That is cool. Is is Rachel Dawes a character from the comic? Oh, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, neither do I. Because, I mean, in the in the original film, it was, um, fuck, what's Kim Basinger's um, shit? I'm forgetting. Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know Vicky Vale's from the comics, but nerds, yeah, I'm not nerds, sure. Nerds, because- nerds who are listening to this, can you help us out, please? <laughs> well, I think because it starts with there's there's I think Vicky Vale is in the comics, and then there's Selena Kyle, yeah, and then there's a couple of them that jump like back and forth. Um, yeah, she was. I'm, I'm Googling. She was not in any comics before Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Okay. So there technically, yeah, she appeared in comic form. However, this is only due to being in a movie adaptation. So now, um, so. Um, so, yeah, basically, she comes and goes in the presence. She says she's got to go. She's going to Arkham. And Bruce is like, fuck it, I'm out. And they're like, hey, you know, you've got you've got guests. You can't do this. He's like, I don't care. See you. Bye. I well, love the piano trick to get into the back. That cave. is cool. Yeah. I, I, but I also love like Alfred just kind of like losing his shit at this. Right. He's like, you have a you have a name to maintain. Right. These are these aren't just your guests. They're your father's guests. And man. Michael Caine just sells this so well. Like Michael Caine just fucking kills it as Alfred. Yeah, I really dig this because now it's at the point of like, you know, Bruce has been drugged and I had to come and get you. And this is this is your first failure. And right off that first failure, you're going right back out there. And it's like, no, like, dude, you have to maintain some normalcy to keep this facade going. Uh, it makes sense from from Alfred's standpoint. But um, so Rachel takes off. This is where we've got, um, again, this shit with. um with oh god i almost said lewis and what the fuck is his name mr earl uh earl going to see fox and saying that he's merging you with archives i need all this information on the microwave emitter and i'm firing you why didn't, why is he didn't firing you get him? the memo right what wh- why yeah why does that make any sense like it doesn't make any sense to fire this dude i don't understand why like maybe if he were like hey you lost a microwave emitter or something it just doesn't make any sense it just it kind, of, kind of seems like and you know what I'm firing you because I'm the bad guy, and it's like, I think that's but why. That's stupid. Though. Like, I mean, I think I think that's why he's firing him, right? Like, because because he believes because I mean, he's he can expose Earl as losing the microwave emitter, right? Is that not right? that makes more sense? Yeah, like that that, but I but I don't feel like that's directly stated though. I don't think well, that there's the like party, and maybe at the party when 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 um when Bruce comes back and you know Bruce finds out that that Fox was fired and uh, Earl fired him. Doesn't Fox say that um he fired me right after I told like after I found out about the microwave emitter? I think he does. I don't fucking remember. I can't are you talking about at the the, the birthday party when he burns down his yeah, own fucking just, place? Just before he comes back. Yeah. Just sorry just before he does that. Um like because Bruce finds out about the microwave emitter from Fox, 
So he's like, he's like, oh. he's like, you're talking about the one that uh, Wayne Enterprise is just misplaced. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah. that's what kind of threw me off. It's like, yeah. So I guess he's not wanting them to know that they. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, so he's just kind of uh, like covering his tracks. Yeah. So um, yeah. So um, so yeah. Basically, this is where uh, yeah, he he fires he fires Fox. Um, and Rachel is arguing with uh, with Scarecrow over. Uh, over Falcone and saying that she's going to have her own person come in and do an analysis and they're doing it at night, not in the morning. And that's where Scarecrow, again, just kind of like with the first DA, it's like, well, if you're going to be this persistent, here we go. This is the route that we're yeah, taking. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, Killian Murphy's scary here. Like, even before, you know, he puts on the mask and she's like, he's like, okay, no worries. I'll uh, prepare the arrangements for tomorrow. And then she's like, no, we're moving him tonight. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> like he pushes the button in the elevator. He's uh he scares the shit out of me, dude. Kill him if he does. Right. Well, I mean, this whole thing of, of her, you know, and, and it's just kind of all this whole scene of her, uh, uh, them discovering that what the Arkham inmates are the ones who are doing the work. Like he's drugging them and having them do the work for, you know, right. ba- ba- and it's like, holy the, shit, this goons. is crazy. Yeah. Also, right. Well, the, the, the dumping, uh, I don't, <laughs> I know you had to show this, Nolan, but it, it's just, Funny to me that they're dumping it into literally just like one pipe. <laughs> like it just right. looks funny. Well, and it's funny. It, it, it just goes like straight out into the Gotham Harbor. Right. They're like, fuck. <laughs> like it just goes right out. They're like, God damn it. Um, I do really, really love the image of him as the elevator doors open and he just sticks that oh, hand out. And I'm like, oh, God, that looks so fucking good, man. You know? Yes, that's so fucking scary. I really dig it. Um, but uh, and the it's you know and really what it is is the lighting of it. I don't know what it is about the lighting of that scene that looks so good. Yeah, but it it, it looks like something like an older film. It doesn't look like something made in two thousand five, and I really dig that. Um, so she gets drugged. They start interrogating her. All the fucking maggots start coming out of his face. Uh, and that's when uh, what Batman shows up. The lights get turned off. I love this. Moment. Um, I like this. Yes. Well, and and. And Crane being like, you know, she won't survive. The mic can only handle so much, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, what, you know, the thing that I like is that all these guys are terrified, but I love a Crane were like, you know, because he doesn't say anything about it. I wish once Crane were like, why are you afraid of, I set this guy on fire and fucking pushed him out a window. Like, I'm not afraid of this guy. Like, um, right. But I, I really, I really though, dig this. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, cause he dispatches these guys like super quick, but, um, the thing that, and let's just jump to it, man. The the whole fucking reason this scene is amazing is Bad Demon. Like, what the fuck is that thing? Like, that's like the whole, oh my God. Like, t- talk about making Batman like lethally scary and something that's terrifying. I was like, dude, this is brilliant. And it's really not that much of a costume change. It's just the black mouth and the ears are like now sucked in. Like, and the black ooze coming out of the mouth. I was like, what the fuck? Buck. And for the beauty of it is how much detail goes into the face and stuff. And I wonder if that's still Christian Bale. I think it probably is, but I couldn't find anything about it. And more than likely it is Christian Bale. But the black shit coming out of his mouth and then, you know, Dr. Crane can't answer anymore. He's in, uh, Dr. Crane's not here right now, but if you'd like to make an appointment. Holy shit. And then, <laughs> dude, as Batman looks up, it looks like he's like... <sighs> Like he's like sniffing the air around him like a fucking creature. Like I love that. This whole scene is fantastic. You can buy this figurine, by the way. Um, it's been highly demanded by a lot of well, people. Really? Apparently, this. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, you can. You can. Bu- yeah, Patrick Harrington, get on that shit. I know who you are about your figurines. <laughs> um, 
but, but this, um, um, this this leads into this massive car chase, right? This um, this sequence is fantastic, just for the practical effects and the miniature work. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. Well, in the um, the 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 car chase, but also the way that he escapes with all the bats fucking flying around him and yeah. just being the, that means of escape. Uh, he gives Rachel to Gordon. Gordon gets out of there. Uh, you know, he tells him, you know, because uh, he hasn't given her the the two antidotes yet because she's got to give one to Gordon later on. That's right. Um, but, yeah, this all is just leading straight into this straight into this chase scene. Um, and, you know, this is where we really kind of see. Again, you know, maybe Nolan's not great at the physical action of people, but his car chase scenes have always been on point. Amazing. I've never had any problem with any of the stuff that he's done in these movies with the vehicles. I think it's great. No. Oh, sorry. I was shuffling in my chair real quick. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does an amazing job. I think this might be my favorite car chase in the trilogy. And yes, I'm including the Dark Knight one. Um, this, this, there's something about this one that's just absolutely great. Like I love the the helicopter, like you know, at the top of the parking lot. I love the I love the way that this starts. You know, with the bats, as you already mentioned. Um, but I love the urgency of it, right? I love like this need to get Rachel back to the uh, the Bat Cave immediately. Um, I love the the rooftops. Um, you know, that's all fantastic. That's all miniature work. Um, I got a question for you though, and like you know, we, we won't talk about this scene in like particular detail just because it's all an action scene so you know whatever i got a question why when he turns the lights off why turn them back on why turn the what on why turn the lights back on because you don't, you don't remember when he's on the highway and like he turns all the lights off and they momentarily like lose him oh yeah like why turn them back on that's fucking goofy <laughs> yeah that's that what whole i'm scene saying is goofy. that's what i'm saying dude you have a helicopter looking at you from above with a spotlight it doesn't matter if you turn off your headlights and every other light like it's still going to be like the helicopter's not going to lose you, <laughs> right? Now, if if he had had something that was just like, hey, like an going EMP? dark and it, like, yeah. right, like an EMP. If he if he was able to like flashbang and blind them or something like, cool, I did that. But no, it's just kind of like. I don't know. It reminds me of like playing peekaboo. There's a Family Guy scene where, yeah. where, um, <laughs> where he's playing peekaboo and he covers. He's like, "What? Where the where the devil did he go?" And he's got his <laughs> eyes covered up. I was like, "That's so fucking funny." Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. God no, and well, I mean, and I'm sorry. The first roof that that thing lands on, it goes all the way to the bottom and kills everybody in that building. What is the ceiling made out of, dude? (laughs) That fucking made me laugh so hard. I was like, "You're talking about this rundown piece of shit fucking area. This this building made from old popsicle sticks can hold this goddamn thing up on its roof." I I just laughed so fucking hard. Um, But I mean, like you know, if you you separate your 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 thinking, then this this actually does become a pretty pretty interesting sequence. Yeah, no, I I definitely once you kind of check your brain at the door, it's a good scene. Um, But the yeah, basically, this is where they escape. They're making their way to the back cave. I love the waterfall ramp. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, I don't. And he just barely. I don't love Rachel. I don't love Oh, her. God, no. Well, her. again, because he has to drive and shift his entire upper body <laughs> to look at her. And I'm like, it's goofy, man. Yeah. It's fucking goofy. Doesn't hold up. Um, Doesn't hold up. No. Well, but I, one detail I do love is once he gets in there, how he just like he just yeah, glides down awesome. to the table. I was like, cool. I dig it. That's cool. uh, but she wakes up. She's been vaccinated. You know, trust no one. Here's the antidote. One for Gordon to inoculate himself. The other is for mass production. Um, you know, here's a sedative. When you wake up, um, you know, you're going to be at home. Crane was just a pawn and need you to be ready. Boom. 
And that's all you need to know, bitch. Um, no, <laughs> well, and I love immediately how he takes the mask off, but you, we don't see his face because how goofy he would look with the black raccoon rings around his eyes. Um, but I, it's it's funny watching that mask get moved and you see the whole neck and the head parts yeah. combine. It's like, that just does not make any sense. Like, that's going to be so uncomfortable. So bulky. And how easily, how easily it comes off. Like, somebody could just walk up and rip that thing right off his head, you know? Um but um it's better than fucking yeah. Batman returns. Oh yeah, that's true. That was jarring. <laughs> <laughs> um but um but yeah, so he commences with the party. Alfred, he's got to have, uh Alfred, you know, he's got to take Rachel home. Um and th- this is where he's telling you, you know, this is not about thrills and games. You know, you're lost inside. Um you know, you become a monster. I'm using this monster to help people just like my father did. For Thomas Wayne, helping others wasn't about proving anything to anyone, including himself. It's Rachel Alfred. She was dying. And it's like, that's it. That's all you need to know. Shut the fuck up, old man. <laughs> um, but um, I love this whole scene. I absolutely love it of him walking around and, you know, we get a little bit of the company. Hey, how the stock offering go? Oh, all kinds of fun. It's all a bit complicated, but our our company is safe. Um, and I, this old fucking this old woman. Dude, um, this is I, I just this is how white people pronounce my name, basically. <laughs> uh, is it is it uh zohabe oh dude hi zohabe zohabe uh, ali ali and i'm like oh, hey god it's f- five letters in the first name three letters in the last completely phonetic completely phonetic right it's so fucking it's such a fucking easy name like danny hartley is hard right. harder to pronounce than zohabe yeah. ali to me yeah. um he gets poor guy he gets fucking hartle all the time um but uh, I get colon constantly. <laughs> get it all the time. Because colon pal, you know, the, the uh, you know. Like, col- <clears throat> like colon cancer. <laughs> right, exactly. And it blows my mind that people who actually go by colon. And I'm like, colon is C-O-L-O-N. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Like, doesn't have an I in there. Like, ah, oh, it's so dumb. Um, anyways, so Bruce... Uh, bump re, we're reintroduced to Raz Agul. Uh, I love what is the line that he says where he's like, uh, "You're not Raz Agul." You know, I saw I saw Raz Agul die, and it just as soon as he turns around and he's just like, "Or are his methods supernatural?" Oh, and you're like, "Oh shit, dude!" <laughs> it's fucking great because again, if you kind of know Raz Agul, looking at Liam Neeson, you're like, "God damn, he does look like Raz Agul." Actually, like when you kind of think about it, yeah, um, he's like, he's like, but is Raz Agul immortal? Are his methods supernatural? Or cheap politics yes, to conceal uh, your true identity, Roz. I love when he's like, yeah, he says, oh, you have a double identity. Surely a man who spends his knife nights running on rooftops does not begrudge, <laughs> begrudge me multiple identities. <laughs> like, there's some really good dialogue here between the two of them. That's great. Um, but um, he says, you know, just don't hurt these people. You're welcome to explain the situation to them. And he kindly tells everybody to get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> no, this is great. This I is really, fantastic. I re- it's cute. It's clever. It's really funny. It's this is the kind of humor for this movie that sticks with me. Um, and I love the guy who's like, "That's enough." No, I'm not finished, dude. <laughs> like, dude, let ugh. me let me read it for you. Ready? It's fucking great. Like he gets everyone's attention. And he's like, "I, I want to thank you all for coming here tonight and drinking all my booze." No, really. There's a thing about being a Wayne that you're never short of a few freeloaders like yourself to fill up your mansion with. So here's to you, people. Thank you. I'm not finished. <laughs> when he gets kicked off, he's like, that's enough, Bruce. I'm not finished. To all of you, yeah. all of you phonies, all of you two-faced friends, 
All you sycophantic suck-ups who smile through your teeth at me. Please leave me in peace. Please go. Dude, my favorite line. Stop smiling. It's not a joke. Please leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fucking good. Fantastic. Um, no, this is where we get the master stroke. You know, Scream is working for you. His toxin is found. It's uh, derived. It's derived from our blue flowers. Um, you know, he's not a member of a League of Shadows. No, he thought we were going to ransom the right. city. Okay, small small detail, but makes sense. Um, but uh, really, they're going to release the gas onto Gotham City and watch it rip itself apart. Um, which is just uh, kind of a great idea. It's it's fucking great. Like no no work were re- required really. Just pour this thing on and just let it. Yeah, you know, you know, oh, that's dude. I, I love that um, idea. I love that the, the, there's there's this society of like of, of trained warriors who just come in and keep the balance. Like it's fucking cool, man. Um, like when he when he talks about it, he's like, you know, we sacked Rome, loaded trade ships with plague drafts, burned London to the ground. Every time a civilization reaches the pinnacle of its decadence, we return to restore the balance. Oh, it's it's good right. stuff, man. Well, and the whole thing about balance and shit here, you know, um, they they kind of start getting into it, and the guys start breaking the house and setting stuff on fire, and the log hits him. He's like, you know, you still haven't learned to uh, to, to mind your surroundings, and the log falls on him. He's like, uh, justice is balance. You burn my house and let yeah. me for dead. And I was like, I was like, ah, oh, that's badass. So yeah, this is where you know it's all it's all starting to kind of come together. We have Gordon who's trying to figure out what's going on at Arkham. Uh, we've got this place being burned down. Um, all everything's kind of everything's really really getting to a head here. Uh, with I mean, fuck, we may have what thirty minutes worth of movie left, probably fifteen with credits. Like there's fucking nothing left. Now, what do you think about this revelation that they tried to destroy Gotham through economics and are inadvertently the ones who caused the Waynes' death. I don't need that. No. I just don't. Don't need it either. Yeah, it's, it seems wholly, wholly unnecessary. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I don't mind what he says. We're like, we tried to, you know, your parents were just happened to be caught in the crossfire of that, but unfortunately, their deaths galvanized. Like, what what should, what should have been a death blow ended up galvanizing Gotham for the next 20, 20 years, yeah. and it limped along until now. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't okay. mind that element of it, yeah. I, I don't mind the whole... Your your parents were the ones. It was it was because of your parents that 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 our plan didn't work. You know what I mean? Like I like that. I like that. You know, Batman or Bruce Wayne becoming hero. There's somewhat like a little bit of a hereditary situation happening here. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I and I, I definitely dig that. I, I like it. I just. I don't know. I like I I like the the aspect of like your parents were killed because of because of you know their death galvanized like like Gotham. But I don't need the whole like we were the ones responsible. Yeah, we yeah. pulled the string. I'm like nah. I don't really need that. Now this is this line. What's the point of doing all them bloody push ups if you can't pick the log <laughs> up off you? Um, great line. But there's there's so much stuff going on here, and we haven't really talked about this. How great this movie juggles your main plot with these subplots that are kind of going on. If we've got Bruce being attacked at Gotham, we've got commissioner or I'm sorry, we've got Gordon at Arkham as all the inmates are being released. And we've got Rachel waking up with the two antidotes. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Like all of this shit, everybody has, that's what I'm saying. Like she kind of plays damsel at some parts earlier on, but at least like she's not a, she's not a MacGuffin. She's not a plot device towards the end. She has some agency. She's able to fight people off. Like she, she pretty much saves Gotham. She inoculates, Gordon and then gets one to be mass produced. So in case this isn't solvable, at least everybody has a cure. I was like, that's fucking cool. I really dig that. But main winner, uh, main winner goes up in uh, main winner. 
Main, holy shit. Dude, I'm telling you. That's awesome. I'm telling you, I do that all the time. And I think it's where my brain is constantly like, I think faster than I can talk. So my brain does this this Scooby-Doo, like like this kind of like run when I'm trying to talk. Wayne Manor. Uh, goes up in uh in in flames. Uh, I like the little elevator ride down uh on the on the whole underground railroad shit. And uh, Alfred, what have I done, Alfred? Everything my father built, you know, blah blah blah. You know, hey, well, this is not about you know. There's more to your father's legacy than bricks and mortar. Why do we fall? We fall to pick ourselves Love back it. up again. Cool. Yeah. And he he um, he. You know, you still haven't given up on me. Never. Love it. Never. Dude, I hate flames. You know, like this guy's like harassment. I see harassment. Maybe you'd like to see some excessive force. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> if I were a cop in the middle of this shit and some guy walked up to me, he was like, that's harassment. I'd be like, are you fucking serious? Like, great. You just got deputized. Get your ass out there because this shit is going down like now. Like, oh, my God. But so, yeah, this is where, you know, Rachel barely makes it uh, makes it in. They're raising the bridges. You know, she's trying to get this to to Gordon. She does. G- Gordon's able to inoculate himself a little bit later on. And this is where we see uh, exactly yeah what's about to happen. Um, we see uh, we see Ra- uh, Ra's al Ghul and, and his guys get out time. Uh, gentlemen, there's a time to spread the word in this town. And the word is chaos. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking a good line. I really dig that. You fucked it up. I know. The word is panic. (laughs) Oh, really? Shit. My bad. The word is panic. Unless, you know, there's like a fucking different American version, but the word is panic. (laughs) Um, Dude, this is also where we meet my favorite, aka my least favorite character in the entire film. This old fuck sitting in uh, in the Wayne Tower hub. Oh my god, I hate this guy, dude. Captain Exposition. <laughs> dude, the water main is right under the narrows. If my wife leaves me, it's gonna blow. That shit, I hate <laughs> this guy so much. Because they cut to him like three times, man. And like he keeps delivering the same line. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, it's kind of, man, it's 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 strong-handed. But the, the one thing as I'm watching this that I really love is... Um, Razagul's is like his gas mask. I was like, that's fucking cool. I dig that. Like, I like the way I like it the design cool. of that. It looks thing. like Loki's, Every time uh, I- Loki's face mask at the end of Avengers, the first one. Right. Well, it always made me think like that's something Batman needs on his face. <laughs> like he needs to completely cover like, you know, he just needs to completely cover that shit. But um, but yeah, this is where the shit hits the fan. The gas all starts going off. Uh, the the narrows are totally fucked up. Um, I, I like this with with flash as the people start coming down the stairs and he pulls the gun on him. And what I love is Gordon knocks him out, gets the gun away and. You know, puts it like handcuffs him up. So what? They come back like two hours later, and somebody's eating his legs. Like something like that's gonna happen. Like the last thing I would do is handcuff this dude in the right. middle of all of this stuff, so he can't move. You know, he's fucking dead. That's why he's not in the second one because he's fucking he's dead. Like eaten. somebody came yeah. and just right. Yeah, he's literally being fucking eaten. Uh, no, um, actually, he should be in the second one because there's. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of him to go around. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, Rachel. She ends up fighting uh, the fucking little asshole kid from Game of Thrones. Uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, is that Robin? Is that gonna be Robin?" And it's like, no, fucking idiot. Like Jesus no, it's Christ. Okay, don't worry because there's a a worse Batman. Sorry, there's a worse Robin coming at the end of fucking Dark Knight Rises. So it's fine, Nolan. We'll save that for you. That's so unnecessary. I hate it so man. much. I hate it so much. Like who? Like why? Why in the world would that be tacked on? Like, just it just it makes no sense. It. It's so fucking stupid. I really hate it. Um, it but uh, but I tell you what, I, 
I hate it, but I tell you what I fucking love is Scarecrow on horseback. Oh Holy my shit. god, dude. I, I love the the flaming, you know, I like seeing it from their point of view. Holy shit, that looks awesome. Oh, dude. There's nothing to fear oh. but fear itself. I'm like, holy Crane? shit. No, Scarecrow. Um, oh. oh, man. Well, sorry, I was taking a I, uh, sip of my just, energy just, drink. Just quickly, sorry, we just we just kind of blew past a little bit. Um, I love, you know, the, the bridge is kind of going up and, uh, you know, Gordon's calling for the right police and Commissioner Loeb's like, no, Gordon, all the city's right police is on, their own, on, on the island with you. And just in the background, dude, you just see the fucking Batmobile just fly past in the, into that, um, over the bridge. Ah, oh, it looks awesome. Oh, yeah. There's I, there's no one else left to send. Yeah, it so just cool. like takes off so fast. Heroic. And, um, well, one thing I love is the whole... Like, do you know the story of Sleepy Hollow pretty well? You know, the Headless Horseman and stuff. Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Crane. Yeah, I know that, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, seeing a, this Crane guy on horseback. Oh, nice. I was like, ah, that's pretty neat. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he gets tasered in the face. This. Um, I hate this so much. This is the last time you see him. This is the last time you see him. Right. You know, it's weird as he's the only one to show up in all yeah. three, but he's like a major player in the first one. Um, but, um, but yeah, he gets tasered in the face and scared off. Um I, you know, the whole thing of like her getting cornered and she's got the gun and the inmates are closing in, but Batman just so happens to show up at the right time to save them. And I was like, no, she needs to start like, blah, 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 blah. like I would just start, <laughs> just I would start fools. blasting on yeah. people. Yeah. Fuck this shit, dude. Um, but, um, but no, Batman ends up, ends up saving them. He gets them to the rooftop. The image of him flying over the people and the demon like face, like the red eyes, like, the holy shit. Of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fucking great, but um, the whole thing of him—I uh, don't think we've gotten to that part yet. Never mind, actually. Um, the part where he gets tackled and uh, all the people are like on top of him and he can't get off, and he just latches onto the train and like goes flying that out one of there. Guy. It's fucking great. <laughs> that one guy who holds. Yeah, up he's like, oh fuck, I should have let go a long <laughs> oh, time ago. Um, but but before that, this is where you know he confronts Razagul. He's like, you don't think I can take on two of your guys? And he's like, very well. And he drops two more down. He's like, oh fuck, why did I say something? Um, but uh, yeah, so this is where they take it to the ground level. He gets kind of um, yeah, excuse me, sorry. I tried to thank you. I tried to hold it in so bad. Um, but um, but yeah, they all start cornering him, and I don't blame them. He looks like I mean, Jesus Christ. He's lucky he didn't get fucking eaten himself. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, they all corner him as uh, Ra's al Ghul starts riding the riding the train uh, into the old town road, and uh, you know he hops a ride with it as he um, uh, has he given the keys to the Batmobile to Gordon? Yet? Yeah, yeah. Or that- just just fuck it. Okay. Just say it. it's here. It's, it's what happens. <laughs> well, yeah. So Gordon's got the Batmobile. He's gonna go try to derail the train as Batman rides along. Um, you know, obvious fight breaks out on the train as it's going on. Um, now, is it? I think it's Batman is the one who stabs up the control center, right? Yeah, I think he's the one who like stabs it up because he, was... he doesn't want it to right. stop. Right, exactly. Right, I think it's fucking. Now, let me ask you this: like this whole this whole fight, I think is 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 really neat. Um, I like it. I, I especially compared to some of the physical stuff that Nolan does later on in these movies. Um, and I like seeing. I, I, there's something about seeing Gordon in the Batmobile. It just makes me happy. Yeah. I don't know what it is because um, he's just having so much trouble driving it. <laughs> like he's he's like side swapping cars and shit. He's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> right now, this whole yeah, you know, this whole fight takes place. Gordon shoots out the beams. Sorry, my, my you know, apologies. The, Did we pass um, the revelation that? Um, sorry, the re- the revelation to Rachel that uh, Bruce is Batman. It's not who who I. We oh, did. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Um, fuck it. Hey, no, no, no. You said fuck it, man. We're here. No, nah. <laughs> yeah, 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 nah, no takesies backsies now. That's the now. one no, story no. that I didn't want to boss. <laughs> right, no, no, that's a good, because that, that, that's actually, I said off air, that's my favorite line yeah. in the movie. It's not who I am underneath or what I do that defines me. I think it's great. Actually speak louder than super, words, you know. Super, um, super, super heroy. Yeah, oh yeah, God, yeah. But uh, this whole thing with, uh, with I keep wanting to call him Descartes, because I like the name Henry I like Descartes, because I, I always thought it was his. I always thought it was Henry Ducard. Like it, when I was a kid, I thought he was saying, "My name is Henry Ducard, not my name is merely Ducard." I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." Henry Ducard. It's interesting. No, he does. But no. He does say, "My name is merely Ducard," but he his name is Henry Ducard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. There, yeah, I was hearing that wrong. Um, but no, I, I. What do you think about this ending here? So he beats he beats Razagul. He stops the train. I don't have to save you. Right. I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you. So either. this is because this is something that comes up. All the time, dude. In every iteration of Batman after this movie, um, this argument always comes into play. Uh, you know, you got Batflex Batman who is killing people left, right, and center. Um, you know, even like when Superman like twists Zod's neck in Man of Steel, um, <laughs> this this always comes up. Now, I I'm I'm indifferent. Um, I'm indifferent to it. Like I I, I like it. I like the whole. Uh, you know, I don't have to. I, Sorry, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. I don't. I don't know. What? What? What do you think? I. I. I mean, because Batman. Batman has a strict rule of like, you know, I'm not going to kill. Yet at the same time, the next film, The Dark Knight Rises, takes that one rule and makes it gospel. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Joker's entire sort of like arc in the third half of that movie is I'm gonna I'm gonna get Batman to break his one rule. Right. Like, right. You know, like, you, like Joker is relying on Batman not 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 like not gonna kill him. Like you know what I mean? So it's it's so weird that it's kinda like flip flop here. Right. Well I, I think that somebody who has trained this guy trained Batman. If he really wanted to, do I think that there's do I think that there's a way for him off this train? Probably not. Like I, you know, that he doesn't have the grappling hook. He doesn't have the cape. He doesn't have any of this shit. So I think he, I think he knows that. I don't know. It's kind of like with Batfleck and not putting the the Bat brand on Jesse Eisenberg and Batman. He's like he knows what that's going to do to him. Like you're you're basically killing right. him, basically. Um, so. However, I don't. I don't oh, have, no, sorry. Finish oh, that. Sorry, no, 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 finish it. I'll, I'll, I'll. Well, I, say, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I really don't because he's like, you know, you're a man of resources. Figure it out. And he just like, and the image of him just oh, it looks going great. backwards out of the. But oh, how does he? How does, how does the, the the back half of the thing blow up? I think he just doesn't. I don't know. I was is it a wind that. thing? Like, is it just falling? I don't know because he he takes that battering and he hits the window. It's like, is there something pressurized? Yeah, that's what here? I was I thinking know. about. I don't know. Or her. I don't before, know. Yeah, that before is a we do odd, move but... on, Colin, I'm going to put my lawyer hat on. Right, I'm going to put this giant <laughs> pretentious hat on. Crimes Act, 1900, Section 18, murder and manslaughter defined. Here we go. <laughs> Listen to these words very carefully. So, Section 18, Subsection 1A. Murder shall be taken to have been committed where the act of the accused, in this case Batman, or thing by him or her, omitted to be done, causing the, the death charge, was done or omitted, so omitted, like, you know, you, you'd fail to help someone, with reckless indifference to human life 
or with intent to kill or inflict grievous bodily harm upon the person or done in an attempt to commit or during or immediately after the commission by the accused or some accomplice with him or her of a crime punishable by imprisonment for life or for 25 years. Uh, I think I, uh, I think it I plead the fifth honor if I... <laughs> If 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 the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> uh, are you Johnny Cochran? Yeah, I um, <laughs> dude. But if you go by law, man, like, this guy's clearly a fucking murderer. <laughs> right. Well, you know, because it, it's kind of um, yeah. If you go like strictly by bl- the black and white law, which is kind of what Batman does. I mean, he's kind of like black and white about shit. Um, but I think that. I don't know. Like, I think he's basically saying that like you you could save yourself if you wanted to, but. At this point, doesn't doesn't Ross kind of say something like "My fate lies with the people of Gotham"? Like, isn't he just going to ride the train until he dies? Like, isn't that the point? Like, or, or is it supposed to just arrive safely at the station and stop? Like, I wasn't really sure about that. Um, well, I mean, I, I, but either way, I he's fucking know, dead. Yeah, no. he, he's fucking dead. No, and I do, <laughs> I do know that it causes the biggest fucking explosion of all time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! When that microwave emitter oh, blows yeah. up, holy shit! By the way, man. These practical practical effects when the when the train just comes crashing down just looks amazing. Yeah, that's some really really great miniature work. It's really 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 good. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end of Raza Ghoul. They end up stopping the train. Um, you know, th- Gotham is saved. Blah, 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 so on and so forth. Blah blah blah. That homeless guy that Bruce gave the coat to earlier ends up being elected mayor. It's fucking it's fantastic. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's just my fan edit. Um, <laughs> But uh, back at the ashes of, uh, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. This is where we get Earl's been fired and Lucius Fox has been put in his place because Bruce owns the majority of the shareholders. Yeah, sure. Let's take a guy who's worked in the basement for the last 25 years and let him run your company. That'll fucking work. nothing about business. Dude, I said that too. And I was like, don't get me wrong. I know that this guy was trying to cover up anything about this microwave thing being lost. But like the the, the whole thing of like him as chairman. Right. That that didn't make any sense to me. Like, I wish there had been a guy on the board, like like the guy who's like, I don't think this is what Thomas Wayne would have wanted. Or like when Bruce starts drinking too much, he's like, hey, Bruce, you need to chill out. Make that guy CEO. Like he's in. He's all in there all the way until Dark Knight Rises. Like he's in yeah, all the, of the super movies. wrinkled. So guy, like, right? right. Yeah. So just let him fucking go. Like, you know, let him do his thing. Let him let him be the CEO. But making Fox because. I think Fox is the guy you need. He's the he's like the Oracle tech guy that stays at the base and handles stuff. You know, like he's not he doesn't run, you know, and by the way, he like into one into like two years of, of running this company, fucking Coleman Reese finds out about Batman. So you're not doing a fucking great job covering this shit up, by the way. Um but either way, he he becomes CEO. Um, you know, you're fired. Didn't you get the memo? Um and uh and yeah, Rachel shows back up to uh, Wayne Manor and uh I, you know, fucking whatever obligated romantic shit that they've got to do. She says that they can't, basically they can't be together until he's done playing Batman. And she's like, when I found out about your mask, he's like, you know, Batman is just something, you know, I don't have to be Batman. She's like, no, this is your mask, you know? And, um, and yeah, so that's, that's pretty much that scene. And they're going to rebuild, uh, Wayne Manor, you know, they're going to, uh, what did he say? We're going to specifically look at something around the East wing or something like that. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, but I, but I like what they have in dark Knight. I like that little weird underground bunker thing that they have. I dig that a lot more than the bat cave. I know that's like sacrosanct, but I kind of like it, you know? Um, fuck you. But, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I like, so I think yeah, I like they're, the one they're gonna, the third one best, to be honest. I dig that. I, I do think that's pretty cool. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I mean, except for this little semi post credit scene that we've oh got. God. Where, oh my god! As a as a child, gold, dude, I came. <laughs> well, you know, I keep wanting to say Gary Oldman, and I'm like Goldman. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, you know, Oldman is talking about um, you know, retribution. We get Kevlar vest. They get escalation, bullet, uh, bullet piercing rounds. Escalation, yeah. And uh, he shows the card of the of the Joker. And uh, basically, what does he say? He's yeah, like, now uh, take this guy, you know, arm robbery, double homicide. Got a taste for the theatrical, like you. Leaves a calling card. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking, oh, that's fucking great. And the setup, I mean, I think this just kind of blew people's minds. Like, they were just fucking shitting their pants over this mo- uh, over over this decision to end with this. Um, but, I mean, what did you think about this the first time that you saw it, the reveal that Joker was going to be in the Dude, sequel? I'm 12 years old. Of course I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I remember seeing this and I was like, holy shit. Um, because, man, like, you you kind of wanted to see, even as a 12-year-old, you kind of wanted to see what the Joker looked like in this world. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, I had seen Jack Nicholson, who did an amazing job in that world, you know, in Tim Burton's Batman, in Tim Burton's, in the world of Tim Burton's Batman. Whereas, you know, I'm like, man, I just saw the Scarecrow be this super hellish, amazing, scary villain. And, you know, this is a movie about crime bosses and and, and, dr- and drug use and drug distribution. I want to see what the Joker looks like in this, in this hyper-realistic world. Give it to me. And, uh, man, lo and behold, three years later, who would have thought that Heath Ledger would have been one of the best people to play the Joker? Hell yeah, dude. I, I remember being, yeah, pretty pretty excited about it um, when it when it was first announced. I, I was really wondering how the fuck are they going to pull this off? Um, you know, now looking at it, it, ju- it definitely seems like something of, hey, we don't know if we're getting a sequel. So fuck it. Like, we're just going to throw it out there because what have you got to lose, you know? But ultimately, I mean, who who would have known what was coming? Who had any no idea? Did, dude. Any idea. Like, oh, my God. It's fucking like, it's so crazy to think about, like, how nobody had no any one, idea yeah. of what was no coming. One, no one knew that we would get a an, an Oscar-worthy version of a villain in a comic book movie. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he literally won right. the Oscar posthumously after he passed away for that role. Um and man, like it kind of makes me sad to talk about it because like he's just such a, you know, growing up, um, you know, we watched a lot of, we actually did watch a lot of Heath movies, <laughs> um, so it was it was it was really really sad when he passed away. Um, I'm actually looking at a at a Funko Pop of his Joker right now uh, on my desk. But, right. Yeah. Well, even in our artwork for the yeah. for the podcast, he's one of the characters sitting with us in our artwork. That's why I'm not um, touching that movie. Very- That's why I'm not touching that movie. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because we're talking about Rucker Howard and Roy Batty's in the back row of right, our artwork. Exactly. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but, I mean, that's pretty much um, Batman Begins. Do you want to give me final thoughts? Uh, yeah, man. Do you want to go uh, listen to comments first? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. All that's right, fine. Cool. We got, a, we got a few for this one because, you know, I guess it's Batman, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke Noonan. Uh, love you, Luke. He says, Begins deserves so much more praise. As much as I love The Dark Knight, Begins is my favorite of the trilogy. Whoa. Shots yeah, fired, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's a strong point, but I, w- I would love to sit down and and pick his brain on yeah, why. You yeah. know, um, no, let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. Um, I'm going to take this next one. This is from Jose Absolutely. Rivera. Uh, 
I remember how big this was when it came out. Uh, that's what she said. I think after Batman and Robin, we were all ready for something different, and this delivered. It was um, it was a movie of first, first live-action Batman origin film. Master of the Phantasm was amazing, 12 years earlier. Uh, first introduced the concept of a reboot in films, and the first live-action appearances of the Scarecrow, Russell Gould, and Victor Zaz. Yeah, fucking great points. Uh, I loved Bale as Bruce uh, slash Batman, and the supporting cast is great. I'll even say it. I like Katie Holmes <laughs> better as Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> just start like back, hissing at him. Back. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my only gripe is the pronunciation of uh, Rayshagul. Um, I grew up with the animated series. It's uh, you know phonetically spells it out here. The version of Raish, not Raz. I know it's highly contested thing even among his creators. I've never asked. Uh, I've 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 asked Denny O'Neill at a convention and he says Raish while Neil Adams says Raz. Still drives me nuts. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Jose. You're awesome, dude. Uh, another one from another pretty awesome guy, Patrick Harrington, who, by the way, just restarted his podcast, Married People Watch Movies. Go check it out. Yes, he fucking they did. They are covering John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. What a way to start it. Attaboy. It. Nice. Uh, he says, this is a great movie. I like the Dark Knight. I like the Dark Knight more, but this is a close second. I do like the grounded approach Nolan takes, and this version of Batman did need to be did need to be darker and grittier than George Clooney and his bobblehead. <laughs> if he had Jared, seriously, there is a scene in that movie where he's just like bobbling his head around, and it's just all quiet and silent. It's funny. Um, I could see that it being his his A and E biography. Like little did people know, these were the first signs George Clooney had Parkinson's <laughs> disease. <laughs> it's just all that fucking. What, what, what is he the spokesman for? Nes, uh, like what cappuccino is he the spokesman of? Whatever. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know he's just hopped up he's on just drinking way too much caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick uh. continues. However, and this is a big however. This trilogy had such an effect on DC that it took years for them to overcome. Sorry, to come to their senses and undo the damage all right colin we'll talk about this after because i i do want to like talk about this after he said patrick continues he says their movie suffered i mean look at man of steel it needed to be darker and grittier because why not it worked for batman right that ain't my superman chief then we go to the comics, the new 52. Man, what a continuity shit show that ended up being. So many series were suddenly dark and gritty because everyone loved the Nolan trilogy so much that DC decided to go all in on the approach and tone. They have to do yet another reboot to their entire comic line just to fix the insane amount of damage they did to themselves. I love these movies, man, but wow, did they kill DC for a while. What do you think about that, Colin? I, I well, you know, it's funny because we kind of touched on that. I think Danny brought it up in our uh, 2019 wrap up, wrap up review of our top, you know, top fives, and he said something about you know Brightburn being something very similar to that. Of you know, a, a reboot means darker and grittier, and um, you know, even Deadpool, you know, kind of pokes fun at that. And then you know, oh yeah, you're so dark and gritty. You must be from the DC universe. Um, I, I don't mind that, but I think that they I think that he's correct in the sense of DC put too many eggs in that in that basket. I don't think that's a bad thing to have, but this movie does not hinge on that. This movie it is a element of it. It should be a feature, it shouldn't be the foundation. Right. And I agree. I, if that's what he's saying, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, I think that's kind of the gist of uh, – if I can elaborate on it, I think that that's why it's, it's successful in this because it's it's just a small part. It's not the whole right. thing. I remember when um, you know 2013's Man of Steel came out, and I remember watching the trailers for it. You know, More so than Zack Snyder's name was Christopher Nolan's name in the executive producer position. Yeah. Like, I remember his name. And then 
literally when Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice came out, um, they they didn't mention anything about Nolan in the trailers at all. And then I remember sitting in that movie in the theater, and there was his name, you know, in the opening credits, executive producer <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Um, and I think you know by the time Justice League rolled around, rolled around, he just peaced out. He's <laughs> like, see you later. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, look, I, I do agree. Um, you know, it, it definitely, I can only speak in film as well because I don't dig into the comics at all, but it definitely did take a while to, like for DC to move out of that thing um, because, you know, everything had to be gritty and grounded and realistic. I remember the the, the catchwords were, um, you know, every time a, a producer would talk about their new comic book movie from the DC side, they were like, quote, grounded in reality. And that shit just got old real quick, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think they have kind of like started to shed that that pretty well, you know, following Aquaman and Shazam and even Wonder Woman. Um, and, you know, maybe they're coming back to a little bit with Joker, but I'm happy with the way Joker went because that's the that 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 fit that story and what they were telling. So, yeah. Right, yeah. The, fl- the Flash doesn't make sense as a dark, gritty, you know, he's exactly. a quirky quippy light-hearted character character, yeah know your character i think um right my favorite comment of all time is from carlos from hey do you remember he just says never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, ash bedford love you ash he says can't wait for the podcast uh and then of course our co-host and producer of the show danny hartley says everybody always talks about how burton slash schumacher batman movies got them into the character for me it was batman begins I found the oddball Batman material, like the Batman Beyond animated series, far more interesting than the live action movies up until this point. Great story, grittiness, and very impressionable film score. Thank you, Nolan. Absolutely, dude. Um, everything about this movie, uh, the, the 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 production elements of it are fantastic. Um, the Newton Howard score and Hans Zimmer score is absolutely incredible, man. Um, I remember sitting there a couple months ago in the uh, Hans Zimmer live show, and like he played. Um, something from Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm in that sequence. Um, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I think that's pretty much all the comics we are the comics, <laughs> all the comments that we got. What's your final thoughts? Yeah, with it. Um, man, this this movie's just so great to watch. It's so fun to watch. Um, and, and it is it is a movie that I return to more than Dark Knight Rises, uh, less so than Dark Knight. That movie is still the pinnacle for me. Um, this is the movie that introduced me to Christopher Nolan, in, it introduced me to Chris, uh, Christian Bale, who is currently one of the best working actors alive today. He's fantastic. It introduced me to a, a bunch of villains. I'd never heard of Falcone before. Um, you know, Falcone actually was in the comics. He was from The Long Halloween. It introduced me to Scarecrow, and I love the idea of Scarecrow. Um, he was used really, really well in Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Dude, oh, yeah. So well. Uh, it introduced me to Killian Murphy, man. Like, oh, sorry, no, Red Eye did, but, you know, it, this kind of like took it up a different level because he's just so. <laughs> I want to see him in more villain roles, man. He's so good. Mm hmm. But more importantly, this brought Batman back into the limelight, I think. Um, you know, at this point. As I'm growing up in the early 2000s, it was Harry Potter who had overtaken Batman and all that other stuff for me, right? Like, this is this is peak Harry Potter time. You know, you had Philosopher's Stone in 2002, and then, you know, they'd kind of release, uh, I think, yearly, I can't remember. But I was all in on Harry Potter at this point until 
you know, Batman Begins piqued my interest. Um, you know, the first time I saw it, obviously I was a bit bored, but, you know, once I caught onto it, I loved it. And then, you know, the Dark Knight Rises came out and then it was game over for everything else. Like, you know, I, I remember I remember what everything about watching the Dark Knight in, in, in the cinema. Really good movie, man. Really, really well cast, really well shot, well directed. Um, you can tell that this is a Christopher Nolan film. Um, it, it feels massive in scope. Like when he's, you know, in Bataan, he's going up the mountain, like just his massive IMAX shots. It's, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I would probably give it, hmm, I don't know in terms of score. I'd probably, if, if The Dark Knight Rises is an 8 for me, this might be an 8.5. You know, I and I argued I didn't want to I didn't want to cut you off. No, I'm done. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, cool. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, I think that's a good jumping off point because I was gonna say to me the Dark Knight Rises is like a seven, and then I would say Batman Against is like an eight, and Dark Knight's probably, you know, ten. Um I think I think that this is a fine movie. Uh, it has some problems. Um, I think for a, a first time director of something this big, I mean fuck the marketing was like a hundred million dollar campaign for this. I think work, you know, his first time working with Christian Bale, his first time working on something that was probably this big. I think he handled it very well. Um, you know, and worst franchise there, there have been better franchise franchises that started on worse movies. And I think that this one started on a pretty, you know, it had made a lot of flips and it did a lot of pretty things. And ultimately the landing stuck pretty good. It was enough to bring some people back in and, and want to see more of what Christopher Nolan was doing. And I think it really kind of shook things up at the time uh, because we needed a palate cleanser after Batman and Robin. And um, yeah, we did, you know. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I think that this is definitely an eight out of out of ten for me. Um you know, there's some digital stuff that's just early 2000 CGI that doesn't really look all that great. The quippy one-liners are just not that, yeah, man, I just, I'm just not a big fan. Um, but I mean, to me, you know, Rucker Howard, Michael Caine, the minor characters really still the show for me because I think they all kind of get, maybe Gary Oldman doesn't really have that many scenes, but that's because he's sharing it with, you know, yeah, I think Gary Oldman, Michael Caine, uh, Morgan Freeman, Rutger Hauer, Katie Holmes, like all of them are being juggled. Liam Neeson. Killian Murphy. All of those people are being juggled. Yeah, Killian Murphy. All those people are being juggled around this Batman character. And nobody feels like they get, they get left out and nobody feels like they get too much. And I think I think that that's, that's really, that's definitely something we're talking about. But I really enjoy this movie. I'm going to say it's an 8 out of 10. Um, you know, but it's not one of those things I would watch all the time. You know, um, it's it's pretty good, but it's, you know, it'd probably be a while before I'd watch it again just because it's it's enjoyable, but it's definitely not my favorite Batman movie in the world. Um, but with that being said, um, I think that's pretty much the end of my thoughts. Uh, well, you want to run some socials and we'll yeah, get out of here? Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, all right, guys, this... Is our this is the we fucking wrapped our first feature presentation episode of 2020. We hope you enjoyed it. Nice. Uh, we started big, right? Batman Begins. Um, this was your choice, Colin. Loved it. Good pick. Um, yeah, guys. You. If you're not already, <laughs> please feel free to follow us on our socials. We have our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature, and then we have our Facebook group connected to that, which is called the After Party. Um, the After Party is fucking one of my favorite things on the internet man like i love just you know uh logging in every morning and just like checking out what 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 people have posted is fantastic you know people get in on there and you know talk about movies and have a great time you know we post polls on there and just have a 
fucking good laugh. So if you're not already, go ahead and follow it. It's called The After Party, two words. We're also on Instagram, which is at Minard Double Feature, and our Twitter handle is at MDF Pod. Um, if you have anything you want to talk to us about, please, please, please email us, which is Feature at gmail.com. Um, and probably most importantly, please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. That would be fantastic. Give us one star, give us five star, however many you think we need, we require. Um, just tell us why, tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, we always take constructive criticism on board um, and we always try and implement it into the show as best as possible. Best way as possible. Possible. Fuck me. Having a, <laughs> having a strike <laughs> right now. Um, and please... Remember to share the show. Um, if you like a post on the after party or if you like what you're reading, just share us. You know, get our name out there. That's something that we would absolutely appreciate. Uh, Colin, do you have anything else to say before we head the fuck out of here? No, I think that's pretty awesome. much it. No worries, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, stay tuned for our next few episodes. We've got a big 2020 planned. Catch you later. No, 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 no,